Well, back again with another black and yellow episode. And today, we have another really special guest. Spencer Smith, we're going to have to open this platform up today and get your perspective on the life of a firefighter. Life of a former firefighter. <laughs> and now, just a regular fighter. But, you guys already know, we can't just dive into that. Right. We gotta open up with the question of the day. Damn. Question of the day. This is a deep one, though, Spencer. Like, you better, let me, you, you gotta take a deep breath for this one, honestly, okay. because the question of the day I'm so is... <laughs> I, I sent it to him last night. Oh, alright, alright. So you, you know. Dang, so you've been taking deep breaths, like, all day, Oh yeah, <laughs> so Spencer, controlling your breathing. Take a last important. deep breath right now, because the question today is about to get real. Okay, I'll take. What one. is your purpose from our last interview, Nancy? What is wait? What, what, is, what, is, what is your purpose? What is my purpose? Yep. That's a that's a pretty broad question. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's gonna take me a lot longer than twenty five years to figure that one out. Um, I'd say I'm learning my purpose as I'm going along. I've learned a lot throughout my life. Um, traveled all over, like before I was saying, been in the military. Um, I've lived in several different states, Colorado, Texas, California. Um, I've trained in different states, stayed, you know, every now and then. But everywhere I've gone, I've met people from all over the world, especially in the military. Um, you learn, you've, You meet people from, you know, you can meet someone from... The South, that definitely does not have the same views as you. But I'm going to sleep right next to him, and i got to make sure this guy stays alive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's later on when we talk about the firefighting. But from w- what you're saying, my purpose, um, what I'm starting to develop, or what I'm starting to understand, is it's um, becoming something of learning, taking different values that I've learned in life through different things, whether it's negative or not. And taking that and making it in a positive light for myself to mm-hmm. make myself better. Because um, here's one thing that you learn in firefighting or one thing that you learn in um, any self-aid. you got to protect yourself first before you plan on protecting anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because if you're dying, how do you expect to save someone else's life? It's huge. So, um, well, like I was saying before, is I've taken little values... Um, from everything I've learned, whether it's negative or in a positive situation, I've throughout my life I've just I've figured out that you can't hate yourself or find out a way to punish yourself for anything that you've done wrong or any bad experiences you've felt in life. Mm-hmm. And from that, you want to take only the good, only the learning, because you never lose; you always learn, and that's the biggest thing I've learned. So my purpose in life is to. I don't want to say recycle, but um, take the good things that I've learned from bad situations and teach people that there's there's other paths you can take. You're trying to give people shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, shortcuts or um, alternate routes. Mm, I like that. I like yeah. that. 
That's beautifully Letting put. them know, like, this is what we went through, but, like, there's a better way you could do it if you just, like, you learn to do it this way or, like, you just kind of adjust towards doing it this type of style. Right, and, um... Depending on what area of life I mean, but, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, giving them that perspective to, like, help them out before they endure mm-hmm. something crazy, you know, or whatnot, like... Yeah, definitely, and that could be with anything, whether you're struggling with something in life, whether it's a job, um, I mean... Like what I was, what I was saying before is, um, I'm losing track. <laughs> but uh, my purpose, teaching, yeah, in yeah, a different yeah. sense, in a yeah, different yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, what I was getting back at was, I've actually had a medium come around. You know, what a medium is right. Mm-hmm. Talk to the uh, other side, or I mean, yeah. whatever perspective that anyone has on it. I don't know anything myself, you know, but um, I wasn't part of the 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 meeting that that she was with it was a group of like my mom and a bunch of other people who were having a sit down but she brought me up a lot and she brought me up to my mom letting uh she she's letting her, uh my mom know that someone is telling her that I'm this is before I ever became a kickboxing instructor this is before I, this is when I was busing I got out of the military I didn't know what I was doing I I needed to find a way to make some money. I had a lot of bills, had a lot of debt, so I needed to find a way. So I was just bussing tables and working my up that my working my way up that, that way. Restaurant, huh? That restaurant. Damn. And um, I mean, I'm starting from scratch, and everything I knew from the military is um, I didn't want to use on the outside, really, with yeah. firefighting, which wasn't my passion, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, but with that, like I was saying, the medium. She, she kept telling my mom that I'm going to be a teacher of some sort. Not a teacher in a traditional sense where it's you're in a classroom and I'm telling you, you know, a substitute teacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she said I'm going to be um, a, t- a teacher in some sort of in some sort of way. And then, uh, I shit you not, two weeks later I get offered a job to be a kickboxing hmm. instructor. Crazy. So, um, And that was after the military too. Yeah. So that was, like, new information when you just got home, kind of, like... Yeah. So with that, let's let's dive in a little bit more into the background. So, like, with the military, what do you think that has paved for you as far as stepping into the next... Like, so you went military firefighting, right? Right. So i got to explain that, because that's a whole thing in itself. Please. Um, firefighting in the military is not the same thing as firefighting in a civilian world. Mm-hmm. In the military, you call... People outside of the military are civilians. Yeah. And, you know, you're in the military. So, it's so different when you're in the military. you got to understand, when you're in the military, you're subjected to so many different rules. You're subjected to so many different rules as soon as you put on that uniform. Yeah. Like, I have so much more stress on me when I'm wearing that uniform than if I'm to walk around like this. Just walking around is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I have, you have so many eyes on you. If I'm outside, I have to have my hat on, right? If I walk indoors, I have to put my hat off. Yeah. I got to salute to every single officer that comes by me because he's a higher-ranking individual than me. Mm-hmm. There's so much things you have to be aware of. You have to be aware of your surroundings at all times, really. Yeah. But uh, back to the firefighting. Um, getting started, when you're in the military, you go through the same training as everybody else. You're you're figuring out the the values of the military figuring out the the words what how are you supposed to be how you march what you need to do you know it, it being in the military is its own world mm-hmm. you know you you're in it and, and you're isolated as well too you are you, there's a lot of things you'll experience that if you're not in obviously you wouldn't experience and it's just 
It's crazy. But, uh, so I joined the military. Uh, I joined the military at, I think I was 19 or turning 20, something mm-hmm. like that. I think I turned 20 when I was in the military, yeah. And, uh, I was unsure of what I was doing then, too. I got out of high school. I didn't want to go to college. Just, it, school, sitting in school, I just couldn't do. Uh, just paying attention, I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. But learning with my hands or learning from a... Um, I don't know, hands-on perspective is something that I can. And so, I don't know. Mil- my dad always uh, suggested going to the military because mm-hmm. he's been in it. My uncles and all of them have been in it. And honestly, I was like, you know what? I guess we'll try it out. <laughs> yeah, straight up. That was how I joined the military. I was yeah. like, well, guess I'm going in. What uh, what branch? I was Air Force. Air Force, okay. I was a firefighter for the Air Force. So once you go in, right, so you're... Uh, this new kid, you go in, I had long hair, they shave your head, I didn't care. I mean, I love my hair, right? But <laughs> it's so short, that's still, like, acceptable. But it's suave. I look weird. and gentlemen. I'm gonna be honest, I look weird with a shaved head. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do it. Maybe if I had, like, a beard now or something, mm-hmm. it would look cool, but... Uh, yeah, so you go in... Dignity, yeah, right dude. Away. I remember, <laughs> I remember they, they flew us into Texas... And we got there at it's a San Antonio, Texas. Uh, everybody in the Air Force goes to the same boot camp in San Antonio, Texas. Yep. So everyone from when the Air Force first began in the... I forget. I should know my history. I had to learn it, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to learn it in the military, and I yeah. don't even know. Uh, but whenever the Air Force started up, um, that, it's been the same ever since. They've been in San Antonio, Texas. So mm-hmm. my dad was there when he was young. And That's I was cool. There. Historical. So it's yeah. like a brotherhood. Yeah, and so everyone goes through that for three months first. Everyone goes through the same exact training, and then from there on, that's when... So, like, when you're in basic training, it's called basic training. Every branch calls it their own boot camp, basic training, whatever. Um, Yeah, that's just basic training. It's just Just basic training. You're just just getting the fundamentals of the military, learning the lingo, learning how to say yes, sir, every single time. When uh, here's a funny thing when you when you go into um, boot camp, they tell you but your recruiter tells you, so you can't just talk to like what we call a uh, what we call them an MTI a military training instructor mm-hmm. the dudes with those hats you know major pain yeah um, <laughs> straight up um, you can't just talk to them you can't just say yes sir if you want to ask them a question you you stand at attention with your hands to your side your feet together and you say. Sir, Trainee Smith reports as ordered, and then when he allows you to talk, then you're allowed to talk. And that's how that works every single time. And if you skip that step once, they're going to tear you a new one. Yeah. Yeah, so you just walked in and be like, hey, um, I just needed to know it, and he's like... Good luck. <laughs> good luck trying to say... I ha- <laughs> just hey. Yeah, good luck getting the word out. <laughs> hey, did you need Before that they're on you, that? like, what did you just say? <laughs> did you speak to me? Yeah. Why are they so angry? Why are they so worked up? Because they gotta change you. You're, um, it's, it's that's, discipline. That's it's, their purpose. They gotta break you down before they're gonna, they build you up. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the military is I don't regret ever joining the military I've learned a lot from it I'll, I'll say I'm honest like I did learn a lot from being in yeah. there's a lot of things I didn't agree with mm. too yeah. a lot of things I didn't agree with a lot of things I liked well I mean so moving on go through uh, basic military training you go yeah. through that for three months you graduate you feel good like honestly when you you're graduate done. if you're done it, they, they call it the most fun you'll never want to have again because honestly, when you're in, it's fun. It sucks the first couple of days 
because you're there for eight weeks, right? Um, you're there for eight weeks, and the first couple weeks, they, they suck. They do. And you start learning the ranking system before it even happens. So you, you show up to basic training, right? You're in your normal clothes. I look like this. I look like, I look like a goof. Everyone's in a uniform, and they look like cool. You know, they're in a uniform. Like, they look all badass. And you're just looking like this, and you're wearing sneakers, mm-hmm. right? And so there's steps to it. Week two, or by week two, you earn your uniform. But you still can't wear your boots yet. So you're wearing a uniform in, like, these funky sneakers. And you're Damn. walking around looking like... So that's how people know. They're like, oh, those are second weekers because they still got their sneakers on. Damn. So they're brand new, you know? Mm-hmm. As you move on... Literally ranking you, like... Really? Publicly in front of everyone mm-hmm. that you can't do anything about that. Oh, it's definitely intentional. Oh, yeah. it is intentional. It shows uh, It shows how long you've been there for, what you've done your time. Because by, mm-hmm. by week eight, you've earned your name tag. You've earned a name... And then once you... That's the last thing you get is your name. last thing you get is your rank. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, even that takes a long time, too. Uh, But, yeah, you end up getting your name, and you'll get the the other side, U.S. Air Force, all that. And then when people see that, they're like, oh, they're eight-weekers. They're graduating soon. Lucky. Hmm. I wish I could get out of here. Yeah. You know? They see those guys, and they're like... And then you... But the funny thing is, is those guys that are at the top of those eight weeks are shit they are nothing <laughs> it's you get out you get out of that eight weeks because you feel like eight weeks feels like forever to you mm-hmm. um you're there for eight weeks get this you hear three songs for eight weeks you hear Reveille when you wake up you hear that one you hear the national anthem at five o'clock every day and if you're outside on base uh and the national anthem goes off if you're in your car you have to stop your car and you wait for that song to play. If you're outside and you're walking around, you stand at, um, you can either, I think if you're in uniform, you stand at attention mm-hmm. the whole entire time. And if you're in regular civilian clothes, you can stand at ease, which is having your hands behind your back. and Or it's called parade rest. Uh, so you can do that. Yeah, but if you move, you'll get messed, you'll, you'll get in trouble. This is, this is in the real military. Yeah. This is if I'm, if I was stationed out in Colorado and yeah. I'm walking around, if I don't comply to these rules, they're going to tear me up. Yeah. Because of this. I remember, because we were, I did, like, warrior training uh, for, like, ROTC, and we went to, like, the Dublin camp, mm-hmm. and it was, like, the same thing, but, like, we didn't have to do it because we were just students, like, high school students, but, like, actual, like, officers that were there actually just, like, stopped, with like, stopped the lesson to, like, do, you know, and then we would do it, too, because we're all part of the lesson, but, yep. like, he was like, oh, we have, you know, and I was like, damn, like, every t- same with the <laughs> Reveille, too, you know, yep. it's like... That shit isn't a movie, but, like, in real life, when you go, it's like, you know, they really are doing this yep. shit. Like, bro, turn that shit off. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's it's a respect. They're, the whole thing of it is, is at 7 a.m. when Reveille glows off, it's to start the work day. Yeah. To let real. you know. And the National Anthem plays a five to end the work day. Mm. And then at the very end of the night, I, it's different. It varies on the base. Every base can change it up. But I think in Colorado, it was at 9 o'clock at night. They play taps. And taps is the exactly for the fallen soldier. Yeah, Damn, every night, every man. single night on Air Force Base. Every single, every single base in the world. Yeah, reminding everyone of the. Yeah, and when I was in basic training, um, I mean, not everyone did that, but, but we we were so when you're in basic training, 
they throw you into a room with 30 other dudes that have you've no one knows each other, right? Yeah. And now we are all a team. We are all we all have to get through this eight weeks together. <laughs> figure out figure it out. <laughs> but that's literally what it is. It's figuring out the system and how to how uh, how to get used to it. So that's what I'm saying. In the first two weeks, everything's different. Your whole life just changed. Yeah. It really did. Your whole life just changed, and you, it's a shock factor of being put into the situation. Because yeah. I remember getting off that plane. They drive you on a bus. It's pitch black. It's like three in the morning, and I'm driving <laughs> onto the Lackland Air Force Base, which is in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. And there's people marching around. It's three in the morning. <laughs> it's three in the morning, and I'm like, all right, I don't know what's happening yet. But I remember watching videos on YouTube of like the drill instructor is gonna yell at you when you get off that bus. So I wanted to make sure. I was like, you know, I'm gonna be the first person that gets off that bus. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be the first person because if you're gonna yell at me. You're gonna. I'm either gonna be the first person you yell out real quick because there's plenty of other people coming yeah, off that like, bus. Go. <laughs> but I wanted to honestly, when I got off the, I wanted to show them that I like. I was like, I'm not scared of you. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be the first person off this bus. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know. They walk up, they punch you. You're stuck. You're like, oh. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. That's another misconception of the military, or at least nowadays. I'm sure back in the day they could. They can, they can't touch you, dude. They can't do yeah, anything. To you. They can't even point at you. They have to whole hand point at you yeah. they point at you with all the with all the how like I don't know soft our world is now even the, yeah. even for them it, it's it's affecting our military too yeah. Damn, yeah. that's right the point really you can't even point at someone now uh, I can't drill instructors can't even cuss at you you have to say what they, the frick what? are you doing that's what bullshit frick? swear to god that's bull- how they didn't cuss at you at all at least in the air force uh, wow. I'm sure the Marines did it. Oh, I'm, hell yeah. The you know, Marines I'm not saying Air Force is, you know, whatever. Hell yeah. But Marines. no cussing, though? That's like, because that was their whole thing is like demeaning you. You're yeah. like, you're a piece of shit, mother... You know, and the you're just like, hell no, I'm going to work harder now, you know? Yeah. Like, he called me a piece of shit. <laughs> Man, I mean, we can talk forever about just that eight weeks because a lot went on there. I mean, I had to... There's a kid that died there. Yeah, that oh. was crazy. I So, um... Back, back in the day, I was a huge runner, remember? Yeah, yeah. So I used to run all the time. Uh, well, in Air Force PT tests, the physical training tests, um, you have to be, you have to do a certain amount of pull-ups, you do a certain amount of push-ups, you have to run a mile and a half, and, like, very easy time. Yeah. I think if you want a, a perfect 100% on your mile, you have to complete it in, like, nine and a half minutes. Which is not bad. Yeah, quick. It's like average. Yeah, it's average. And back then I was a runner. I was like, I'm gonna smoke this thing. Running was my life back then. So uh, when we had to do the mile and a half, I was like, oh, I'm on it. So I remember we ran this thing, and I I sprinted past everyone. I lapped them, (laughs) and I think I I ran like a. I, I, I didn't break the time because I remember there were some fast runners there. I was like, but you were just trying to put your name. But I was just trying to yeah, I just want to prove myself. Name, really, yeah. I was like, I'm in the air force. I'm, I'm gonna Might make well something out of it. Best I can, yeah. you know. Because at that point in time, I was pretty gung ho about it. Because I mean, I'll talk about that when I get into the firefighting portion. But uh, yeah, I ran this mile, and even then, right? Like I finished first. I think I ran like a seven something yeah. or something quick, Shit. a mile and a half, right? And then. Um, I know breathing techniques, you know, like, after I finish this, I'm dead tired, so I put my hands above my head, oh, yeah. and that's, like, in the, if, to them, they told me not to do that, so, um, <laughs> I put my hands above my head, and I crossed the wrong line, because he said, after you finish the mile, instead of going straight, you go this way, <laughs> and I was so tired, I kept going straight, 
And then I turned out, and he goes, they come over and they start drilling the fuck out of me. I just finished first place in your mile and a half at seven-minute mile pace. I'm getting my ass reamed right now yeah. for not pr- crossing the right line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's real. And is the reaming, like, more exercise? Like, is it, like, a push-ups or some shit? Um, I mean, it depends how bad it is. Like, yeah. that moment, it was just, like, whatever. They just yelled at me real yeah. quick. It all depends. The There's some I was going to say, drop down and give me ten. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. after that. Oh man, I you just did crazy. this, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the thing like so like when I was getting back to saying you meet all these guys and stuff. The kid. Yeah, oh yeah, the kid. Sorry. Um yeah, so we got a notification from our uh instructor. They're like, Okay, this kid didn't hydrate well enough and he died of dehydration on the, on the run. So he was running Whoa. his mile and a half and he died. So you ran, like, a, a trail then? Or it no, was it was on track. the track. It was a track. He must so, have had something else going on. It might have been something else. Was I don't he know. Was overweight at all? Or like, I don't know. I didn't see the kid, the but we were, we were notified, and we had to actually... You ran past the I had to contact road? my family. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, do you have any... Wa- oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, <the> my. <laughs> no. But... That's fucked. But you had to do what? I had to call my family. Like, everyone had to call their families because um, this was eventually going to get to the news. Dang. And when you're in basic training, you have zero contact with your family. You can call them, like, once a month every now and then or Damn. whatever. Or whatever. Eliminating communications. Yeah, you, dude, you should be... Not even your cell phone worked? Like, you don't get your cell phone, bro. What? You don't have a That's cell phone, That's in your pockets, Dude, you don't even have that when you go to bed? <laughs> no. Damn. No, I will tell you, dude. By the end of your day, you're so tired, you want to go to sleep at nine. Yeah, I and know. it's like eight or nine uh, when you're when you get to bed. And you're like, oh thank god, it's done. Shit. You're just like, and you wake up now. The so everything was beating the time. Everything was racing the time. The drill instructors are gonna get there at this time in the morning. All the beds need to be made. So we gotta wake up at five a.m. Brush our teeth quick because they they wake you up at a certain time to get all this yeah. done to rush you. So we're like, you know what, let's not rush it. Let's wake up before that time, and then we all make our beds. You know, some people wouldn't even sleep in their bed because they wanted it made just before they wake up, (laughs) just so they don't even uh, have to make their bed, you know? Sleep on top of it or some shit? Yeah. uh, Well, when you make your bed in the military, you got to make your bed. It's got to be be (laughs) so crispy smooth. They have what's called hospital corners. And I guess it's just like nicely folded corners of the bed. So you got to really make the sheets tight. If he doesn't like what he sees, he's going to rip your bed apart and tell you to do it again. What the fuck? Hell that's yeah, your daily bro. routine. And uh, that's that's the way it is. I see, because, dude, that same yeah. shit. I see my friend do it. And he's like, what is this? There's a ruffle. This whole bed. Yeah. He, he pulled up. I was like, mm. I was like, that's not my bed. You know? Like, <laughs> so I was like, damn, dude, my friend just has to, like, got his bed fucked. Yeah. like. That's crazy, like, that, that. like, for eight weeks, though, huh? For eight weeks, you do that every single day. So, so then after that eight weeks, then, like, were you promoted into, like, an academy, a fire academy, or, like... Yeah, so after... that transition, like, occur? After you finish... After you graduate basic military training eight weeks, you go through uh, a ceremony and graduation, and your family comes out, they congratulate you, they're crying, you're they crying. Fly, do they fly the family out? No, you gotta pay for I mean, They have to pay for it to come out. Hotel, all that shit. Yeah, they gotta oh. pay for all that. They just like, hey, we have a ceremony. You so gotta understand, the military has a graduation every single week of new recruits. <laughs> every single Friday, there is a graduation. There's a guy that's like, yeah, we got another class. Because so it's eight weeks. It's yeah. eight weeks, so you gotta, people just you gotta think. Rolling. There is every single day, 
every single day there's a new group coming in, and then every single, or no, sorry, every single week there's a new group coming in, every single week there's a group graduating going out. So there's just constant, a military flux right there. But... That's intense to think about, though. That's yeah. a hell of people. That's just, a lot of people every single week. Just yeah. being dumped in the military, ready to go. Just yeah. like, cha-ching, just like... Packaged and shipped. Yeah. In their <laughs> new uniforms with their name tags. And they're just yeah. like, yeah. you're yeah. done, go. Once you get those uniforms, you gotta make them look nice, too. They have, like, little strings hanging off them. You're just gonna sit in your bed with your toenail clippers, clipping all the strings off your uniform, because if a... If a higher-ranking individual sees your uniform, and if he sees it, it looks like shit, and if he wants to call you out on it and do something about it, he can. Yeah. You know what and I mean? You get inspected, too, huh? You get inspected every now and then. It depends how strict they are. Um, yeah, after the eight weeks, you graduate, and then you go to... Everyone goes on to their jobs. Everyone goes on to what they signed up for. I signed up to be a firefighter. Um, mm. Some people signed up to be cops. Some people signed up to be, you know... They, you can you can join the military and work at a gym. I can jo- I can join the military and my only my job is um, what's called uh, what is something uh, something guest services or something I forget. But basically, you work in a cafeteria, you work at a gym, just a normal job. But that's your job in the military, mm-hmm. and you're getting paid just like everyone else. So look at it either way. I did firefighting, and I'm getting paid the same as the same rank as me who's working at a cafeteria. So, you gotta look at it that way. Mm -hmm. In the military, you get paid based off your rank, not your job. You can do the most extraordinary thing in the world, and you're getting paid off of what's on your arm, not what you're doing. So, those are just fools who, like, play it smart, and they just pick the easiest job to coast through? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I've met some of the biggest pieces of shit in my life uh, in the military. (laughs) The military is not not the most... I mean, I don't want to talk bad about it, but, I mean, you will meet some individuals. It's just how it is. We're human. You meet some people who are just shitty people. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, that's the, that's the thing when I got into firefighting is you you live under the same roof as these people. I work 24 hours on, 24 hours off. You meet some really good people, and like I was saying, you meet some really shitty people. And in a world where you have to listen to someone based off your rank structure, yeah. if you know someone as a person, I live next to you, or I live with you every 24 hours, um, and you know that they're a shitty person, but he has a couple more stripes on his arm than me, does that make it okay that I that I have to listen to him? Mm-hmm. In the military, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. There's you nothing to, you, you can say. You have to abide by that, like unspoken. But it is. It can be. He outranks you. Yeah. There's there's nothing you can. I mean, the <laughs> only thing that you can do is if he actually wronged you in some sort of way. If he's uh, if he's just a shitty person, doesn't do anything or whatever. Like he's just lazy and he outranks you. Good luck trying to do anything about that yeah. you know you call you call someone above you lazy like good luck yeah. <laughs> good luck um, so how did that like differ from like the military into like the firehouses as far as like straight like your brotherhood like as far as the member I'd like the routine schedule of it go then like was it like any different like waking up what was the sleep schedule like like every morning at five or like so my so my perception of firefighting before I got in was you just hang out, right? You just hang out till <laughs> fire happens, right? <laughs> no, not like that at all. There's so much that goes into it. Um, uh, if skipping ahead to talk about like a, a daily routine, yeah, yeah. Uh, you show up to, at the fire station. Say I'm at home. You show up to the fire station at 7 a.m. You work 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. Mm. So 
I show up at 7 a.m., or you show up a little earlier, obviously, but you get there, 7 a.m., you start, you go to lockers, you grab all your gear, you take all your gear out, set it up all nice where your crew, your shift lines up. There's only two shifts. There's A shift and there's B shift because there's 24 hours on, 24 hours off. So one crew on, one crew off. Damn. And we were A shift. So um, uh, you show up at 7 a.m., you set up all your gear and stuff, you sit next to everyone out until 7 a.m. hits. And then when that hits, then um, your crew, or what are they called? Not your crew chief. I'm sorry, there's so many terms. Um, your station captain. That's what it is. There's so many different ranks. So there's there's military rankings. So this is where it gets confusing. There's military rankings, and then there's fire rankings, sort of. <coughs> <laughs> it's the whole thing. Uh, but you got a station captain. He's The station captain is your... All right, let me start from the top. How about this? Mm-hmm. Firefighting. There's your fire chief, who's in charge of your entire fire station. That's head honcho. Below that, there's Deputy, who's basically still the head honcho. He's just right there with him. And then below that, you got Oper... Or not Operations. You got all the people in the offices, Fire Prevention, you know, all the people who wear the collars, who do the who do the computer work. And then you got your Station Captain, who is the doorway between the higher-ups and then you guys, Operations, all the firefighters, the people who actually go do actually, actually yeah. firefighting. Mm-hmm. Those people are the lowest of the low, <laughs> you know. Um, not lowest of the low, but they're the lowest ranking when it comes to firefighting. Yeah. You are operations. You have to take all the shitty shifts. So it's 24 hours on, 24 hours off. So everyone else's work to do something else, basically. Right. So they, they've done their time. They've done all of that. Yeah, they've they've yeah, been exactly. through it. They've sat on a truck, but then they get promoted to, hey, you want to be in fire prevention? Or, yeah. or you have a knack for your SCBA equipment, your oxygen equipment. You want to be in charge of that program? Oh, yeah. Or it's like mm. that. So then, once you get that, then you're off of operations, and then now you're working a, uh, a nine-to-five job, and it's that's when it, the job gets kind of sweet, really, if yeah. you think about it. Then you're working nine-to-five, but you're getting paid pretty good. They yeah. pay you pretty decent in the military. I don't know. People say they don't, or whatever, but you get paid pretty well in the military. It's the government, yeah. Yeah. They pay, money. They pay you pretty... They, they pay you shit for what you think is in the military, but it's pretty decent pay. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then going back, um, so after you graduate, well, I was saying about a fire academy. So the fire academy is in Texas as well. Now the fire academy, all branches of the military go to. So I was in a class full of Marines, Air Force, Army, civilians, all kinds of Damn, people. Civilians. Civilians were there. For just Texas or nation. This was a. This is. It's an Air Force fire academy, but is the only fire academy in the military. Every yeah. branch goes to it. It's in San yeah. Angelo, Texas, and that's where mm. I lived. It's but how did the citizens get into it then? Like? They're former military. Oh, okay. They're okay. former, so... Yeah, like, this guy was a... He's a sniper in the, um... Damn. Sniper in the army, and... He, like, he, he got out, and now he's a civilian, but he can go back to there because... Um, that's where the training would he has, be held he had, for him. Well, yeah, but he had ties, because once you're a civilian, there's a lot of military things you can't do anymore. Like, it's oh. it's weird. Like, so when I get onto a military base, you have a military ID. It's a little white called a CAC card, C-A-C card. Mm-hmm. It's your common access card. This, what's, this is what gets you into the... Yeah. This is what gets you into on base. And that's only if you're active. You don't get to keep that? No, you don't get to keep it. Once you get out, then you have to give that back. Mm-hmm. And then you can go get, like, a veteran's card or something like that, which acts as kind of the same thing. But it's not active duty, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, once you're out of the military, you have to give that back. So, like, <laughs> so like get this. Like, I, I live on base, and then you live there every single day. I, will, I go in and out, get, hand them your access card, look at it, let you in every single day. As soon as you get out of the military, you give it back. If I want to walk back on that base, nope, can't yeah. get back on you know, you can't. You're not in the military anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's ways to get in. Obviously, you can get <coughs> visitors pass, but it's not as easy as just walking back on. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so you had to give it up, and then you're like, "Fuck!" Like, oh, I mean, well, I was out of the military at the point. Yeah. I was like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, straight up. But yeah, when you're in that fire academy, it's that that was that's a whole different beast in itself. Because um, when you're in that first eight weeks of learning just the fundamentals of the military, yeah. you're with. 30 dudes that you stuck with for eight weeks you kind of bonded with them you become friends with them and then after that eight weeks is like all right they just went all across the world and you'll probably never see them again you know you won't you, yeah. you just you bonded them with them for eight weeks and you'll never see i haven't seen them since that eight weeks mm-hmm. uh, damn you have no knowledge of their existence well i mean we, we have like we're on facebook and stuff but oh. <laughs> i mean i just i'm never gonna see them yeah again, yeah you know? for real like, for real though yeah, yeah. So then I go to the fire academy, and now it's a brand new group of people. But these are people who have been in for a while, people who are brand new. So this is when the military starts getting a little bit more lenient on you with things. Mm-hmm. They start letting you go off base on your own, giving you kind of like you're still restricted for a bit because you're still not fully in yet. I've I've been in. So say I've did my first three months there, and then I have a let's say I think it's four months in fire academy. So I'm almost six months into the military, and I haven't even gotten in yet. I haven't yeah. actually been in, like, that's, I thought about that a lot when I was over there. I'm like, damn, it's been six months, and I'm still training. I haven't actually gotten into the military, you know? Uh-huh. You know? So you're always, like, striving for that day. Mm-hmm. But the fire academy was fun. It was a lot of fun. You get to go through some of the, I mean, the, like you're saying, the government has so much money. The, the type of training that they can put you through yeah. will out do firefighters civilian firefighters who have been in for 20 plus years i probably i'm not gonna say i have more knowledge than them but i have more certifications than them or some of them experience like and like as well as the certifications right because those certifications are very expensive and we get them for free because they're just like yo you need to have them you it's (laughs) literally you're just doing it like homework yeah yeah, they're throwing these certifications at you like, oh, you want fire, you want rescue certification? All right, here, take this. Like, these are $50,000 worth of certifications yeah, you're getting. school, like, six months plus of schooling each certification. Yeah, and they're, so, I mean, you go through uh, fire rescue service, that's, you get to start rappelling off buildings and stuff, doing <laughs> stuff like that. Fast, too, like, Fun I mean, stuff. I guess after the eighth week, though. It, it takes, a, it takes a while, yeah. but, I mean, it takes less, it could take less than two, three years to get there, oh. which is not a long time. Um, and then they have a hazmat. I was a hazmat technician, so that was another certification. That's a big certification to have. It's a boring certification <laughs> to have. You're learning. <laughs> it's it's very important, but it is boring. Like I could tell you, I could tell you what a placard looks like on the truck. Uh, I could tell you um, if you see the semi trucks going by, if they have rings around them, it means they're holding corrosive material inside of them. I can hmm. tell you all kinds of stuff. Um, so you're in charge of moving it? You're in charge of if a spill was to ever happen, what you need like to do in a situation. Because a firefighter is still responsible. They've still, a firefighter does a lot more than fight a fire. I mean, if any chemical spill happens, they're, they're first responders. They're on mm-hmm. scene. Uh, we had to watch video because so, you had to be very cautious of that kind of thing. So we had to watch videos of uh, 
you know, like a it was a it was a little truck, but it was carrying hazardous materials in the back. It crashed. One of them cracked open, but it's odorless gas. You can't even see. So the video is of a of a car that T-boned the truck, and then both people in there. I think the truck driver left, got out because the area is not right. The you can't breathe that stuff in. Yeah. The cop shows up, and then I guess the person in the other car is passed out. So he's trying to help him getting in there he's trying to go help this person meanwhile he doesn't know that he's breathing in all this stuff so yeah. he's dying as he's helping him and then they both pass out and die and you saw that that's no, this crazy. is what we've had to learn this yeah, is yeah. why as we get video, these certifications yeah. so then as a hazmat specialist do you like go into that with like a suit and, like, yes yeah so you go into what with what's called a level a suit so i look oh. like a like you know you see the sci-fi like movies asking? like, like a yeah alien. like a, like a space alien <laughs> yeah. you ever seen um you see him back to the future when uh, he had to go in when he had that comic book of the spaceman. So yeah, when he, yeah. he had to like like scare that dude in the spacesuit, yeah. it's like you look like that. So you're in a, you're in a giant like bubble boy. You're in like yeah, a giant yeah. suit. It's mm. it's the most uncomfortable thing ever because so you have what's called SCBA, which is your uh, self breathe self something breathing apparatus. Self contained breathing. Yeah, there you apparatus. go. There you go. Your SCBA. <laughs> uh, this is what this is what keeps you alive. And you got to put that thing on your back. It weighs about it weighs about sixty pounds, and it hurts your back. But um, you wear that on full gear. So when you're firefighting, um, that's another thing too. Another fun one. Another drill you do is you need to get your gear on in less than a minute. So that's another thing that they have. So you start in just your boots, and one of the trainings is you have so you have your military boots, right? Your military boots on, but then you have your firefighting boots. So your firefighting boots are these big bunker boots, and then your pants are pulled down into the boots, so your mm-hmm. boots are coming out. So the drill is, whenever the bell goes off, you got to take your shoes off as fast as you can, run over to your pants, jump in the boots, pull your pants up, grab my jacket. i got to throw my jacket on. I gotta, then I, from there, i got to get my SCBA gear. So everything's getting heavier as you're putting shit on, yeah. and your dexterity is getting very low, too, because you have this clunky-ass gear on. So I'm throwing this pack over my shoulder, trying to put this on as fast as I can, because I have to do this under a minute mm-hmm. to beat everybody else. And, <laughs> and so you're trying to do this as fast as you can. You put your helmet on. You got to snap your helmet in. You got to put yourself on air. You got to turn your pack on all under a minute. Gloves on, clap your hands, and then done. That was one drill we did. Uh, that's to get you good, because, I mean, when you're on the... That's you how you a, set your you gear like a, Yeah, when you get, like, a bell ring or whatnot, like... Yeah, you have to go somewhere. You're like, yeah, I got a minute to get changed. Right you now. gotta be quick. That means you're out of the garage in like three minutes. You're, you're out of there. You have to be at there's That's there's low maintenance right there. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. like, you cool. have to be. It's <laughs> these are you're timed as well. It in real life situations when dispatch calls you in, as soon as you respond on the the radio, boom, you're timed. Yeah. So as soon as you say. Um, proceeding to route or whatever, then you're timed. If you don't get there in a certain amount of time, then they ask you, why didn't you get there in that time? Why didn't you get there in this time? Like, if they're they're gonna blame your driver, mm-hmm. the crew won't be blamed, but they'll individually blame someone for it, mm-hmm. um, or whoever's in charge, really. And so, yeah, so you got to be really on your game about putting your gear on. We did some fun. Um, we did some other fun stuff like uh, we call it what was called a toxic bottle change. So this was to it was to. <laughs> It's to simulate being in a toxic environment. So yeah. your self, your uh, SCBA, is its own air supply. Mm-hmm. So, say I'm in a hazardous building where if I take this mask off, I'm gonna breathe in poison and die. Yeah. 
how do I, how do I, I'm about to run out of air right now. I either run out of air and I keep this thing in and I suffocate, I just suck in this mask and I die, or the scenario is I have someone bring me an extra bottle, right? So the drill is you got your pack on the ground, you're still connected to it, you have your last second of air in there before that bottle dies out, right? So the scenario is I have a fresh bottle here, I have my bottle that's about to die, I'm about to die right now, that's your scenario. You take your last deep breath of air in, as big as you can, and as soon as you take that last bit of air, you screw unscrew that bottle as fast as you can, because you have to unscrew that, I have to take that bottle out of my pack, grab the other one, put it in my pack, retie it while I'm holding my breath, if I let go of my breath, I'm dead, keep going, keep going, you're starting to lose sight, because you're dying, and then you plug it in as soon as you can do it. By the way, you have your gloves on too, so you Damn. have no dexterity. Yeah. We've had to, I've died so many times in this scenario. <laughs> I died countless times. Like, do you, you just know? like pass out actually? No, you just fucking breathe and then you're like, fuck, I'd lost. I didn't do it. Like I died. Like, they find out, like, they just know. Well, no, I mean, we're all here. We're not yeah, cheating yeah. each other. I mean, it's like a scenario. It's like a little. It's, you're learning. You're yeah, te- yeah, exactly. It's teaching. So that's what we went over, and that's another one. So. Damn. Yeah. That was like a fun exercise that you considered it because you're like. <laughs> It, you could, it's, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, they're all fun games. You could see people get irritated, though. Like, I remember we had one guy, Holdeck. Uh, whenever he Holdeck? Could, Holdeck. We always went by last names. He's oh, Josh Holdeck. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, shout out Josh Holdeck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a funny dude. He was a great firefighter. Uh, but, like, he would always get pissed off whenever he couldn't do something. So, whenever you see his face go red trying to switch that bottle, <laughs> and then he'd start suffocating and go, God Dang it, man. <laughs> throw his fucking shit on the ground like so mad. Like, oh, you're blindfolded while you're doing it too. Oh, really? What? Yeah, you're you're in the what worst the, situation. Does it simulate like smoke, dude. You can't see oh, when yeah, you're in there, dude. Though. You cannot see anything when you're in a fire. Well, I remember seeing Snapchats of like like hell. I don't even know. Just some crazy ass scenarios, but you're just like, look at these newbies, and you're just like, I was like, what the fuck? Like these fools are like hell struggling on the ground. Yeah. They're like hella like. Rolling around, yeah. When something. you're a newbie in firefighting, it sucks. The world sucks. You're like, you're like, fuck. I'm a new guy. I get picked. You get picked on. on count. You, you get haze. It's... I hella saw you clowning off. Yeah, <laughs> I, and then once you start getting up there, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna clown. Like, <laughs> like what? What's an example of what um, you received? A big one was flipping people's rooms. Uh, so you have your own, you have your own room in the fire station, right? Yeah. It's a nice. We're in the military and the Air Force. You get a nice little room in the fire station. It's your own little room. You get a nice little twin tempur bed. There's a flat screen TV in there. You get your own mini fridge. Um, <laughs> a little desk and shit? Yeah, you get your own little desk. You can do homework in there. It's nice. And it's yours. You don't share it with anyone? You share. I mean, you share with the other shifts. So you're in there uh, for your shift. And then when you got to leave, someone's going to come in there for a next shift. Mm-hmm. But, um... If you're a new guy, you don't get a room right away. You don't earn a room. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're new, you don't get a room. You get to sleep in any room that's available open. Yeah. But, like, say, if I'm a little bit higher up, this is my room. My name's on the door. You're not sleeping here tonight, new guy. Go find another room. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn. Like, so that's the way it went. That's right, hierarchy. And that's really exactly is. what you'd say to people, too. Yeah, huh? and you'd tell them just like Fuck that. Out of here. It, and that's the way it was. <laughs> and that's that builds heart, because, like, I was never used to being talked like that, you know? Mm. Like, I went to the fire station. That's another thing, too. So you go through eight weeks of this training. You think you're the shit. 
nope, here's fire training. You're not, you're nothing. You go through four months of fire training, you're like, oh, I learned everything. I'm the shit. You get to your base, they tell you, fuck you, didn't learn shit there. Hmm. You're going to learn everything by experience here. You, yeah. the, everyone will tell you that. You don't learn, I mean, you do learn the basics, but you don't learn shit until everything you're actually... Just like slowly reinforced. Exactly. Like you're barely putting your foot in the door. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, that's the way it hit me hard, too, because I got there, and, like, I, I met... Um, so when you hit a certain point in the military, the first couple ranks you're considered a um, an airman, mm-hmm. and then once you hit a sergeant, which the first is a staff sergeant, yeah. once you hit that year, you're considered an NCO, which is a non commissioned officer, which you can go into all that. <laughs> but that's military ranks. But yeah. when you're an NCO, you're you're somebody at that point. You're mm-hmm. still pretty low, but you're somebody. Um, and at that point, you have a say in certain things. Uh, where was I going with this? What was I talking about? We're talking about, like, how you first started off at that, like, civilian base and then moved on to real base. And yeah, so, yeah, like I was saying, once you kind of have a say in things, you can you can pick your r- room and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. get a say in certain things. Yeah, in the fire realm of, like, Exactly, okay. yeah. It's and all, is this it's all ring base, structure. Or is this still when you're on in that training? This is on base, so this is, when I'm, this is when I'm living out in Colorado. Uh... It was unique out there because our fire station wasn't like other military fire bases, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, our fire station sat. Our our mil- let me start by saying our base, which is P- uh, Peterson Air Force Base, which is out in Colorado Springs. They are one of the only bases that are connected to a civilian airport. So they had Colorado Springs Airport connected to the base. <laughs> so by fire station. Say this is say this half is the airport. This half is the base. We sit right here, so we respond to everything on base, and we respond to everything at the airport Mm -hmm. because our main priority is airplanes, right? So that's our main priority is we're supposed to put out plane fires. So that's a lot of things that we learned is uh, how to put out different kinds of plane fires, dealing with JPA fuel because. it's a little bit more flammable. It's, feel, it's yeah. way flammable. Yeah. So that's one of the most... Dealing with JPA... Can it steel beams? Save that one for another podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's so much that goes into that whole thing. Uh, a fire operation. Like I was saying earlier, I, I thought firefighting was just hanging out till a fire shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going back to what a, a normal day was. I know we could go off on like little ones. But uh, a normal day when you're going through, I was saying you line up, uh, you got to picture it, 7 a.m., so you're there for a full 24-hour period, right? Yep. Uh, Let me cut it up. 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. is like a normal work day, right? Mm-hmm. That's a normal work day while you're firefighting. During that time period, you got a bunch of shit to do. You got class work to do. You have to do, you have to, your staff sergeants who are in charge, you have to teach those classes, so they're teaching you um, set-up operations, they're teaching you... Um, all the different math equations that happen when there's so much math that oh my god if you want to be an engineer firefighter there is you got to learn the circumferences of the hoses you got to understand your half inch your two and a half inch your five inch hose you got to understand that you don't just you don't just open that hose and water comes out at a fire you got to understand your driver who is your engineer that guy is in charge of putting water to your lines so the two people, you have your backseaters. Those are usually your new guys. Your, your guys <laughs> who are brand new to firefighting. Or sit, well, yeah. you, they get to do the coolest job there. They're the ones who are on the hose. Yeah. So 
uh, your back seaters are on two sides. So when you show up to an operation, your back seaters get off. They're going to grab two hoses, come out with your lines, say the building's right here, truck's here, they set up whatever way. But you're, they're going to take two lines off, say the door's right here, they're going to set up right on that door, ready to go. Your crew chief... So they're is, making like a circle to get to the door, basically. Exactly. So once you get to the door, the guy who's driving is going to get up on the back of the truck because there's a bunch of machines, right? Yeah. So at this point, this guy this guy should, if he's a good engineer, have gone through all of his training, done all of his equations and stuff, know that um, he, he has to go up there and know what pressures to put in that hose. He, know, he has yeah. to know I have to put a... 100 and 150 psi into this hose, and I got to make up the circumference of the pressures that I'm losing in this hose. Um, the applications, every single application, uh, an application or an appliance is every coupling that connects each individual hose. Uh, every yeah. coupling takes pressure away from the water that's going out. So I have to account for every single coupling. I have to account for water pressure loss. I, there's so for much. That one truck for that one truck yeah. so this is all like so and and this is all plausible in the sense of like how big your fire is like how much to douse it how much power they that's might determined by the higher-ups so there's going over a full operation there's so much involved your crew chief is on scene there's a safety officer on scene there's a guy who's safety whose literally only job is to walk around making sure everyone's safe <laughs> hey you got your helmet strapped on uh is everyone here it takes yeah. accountability i mean it's a great job it's yeah. a, a must-needed job but i'm saying it's funny you know mm-hmm. he has a count he has a, his uh his board he's like all right you guys are on this truck i know where you guys are at where you guys are at at all times oh he's in the building right now where's this guy at oh he's here cool it's counted for um, so everyone's always accounted for, you know, that's your safety officer. Safety first, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I was saying, you got to protect yourself before anyone else. And, uh, you have your crew chief. you got uh, your crew chief. So in a truck, in a, in a main fire truck, there's all kinds of different fire vehicles, but I'm talking about the main engine, the one that responds to everything. you got your driver, who's your engineer, and then in the passenger seat, that's usually the guy who's the most, the highest in charge. Is the guy who's sitting passenger and shotgun. That's your crew chief. Mm-hmm. That's usually going to be a staff sergeant or a tech sergeant. Really chilling. They they get the cool job. They're yeah, going to tell your crew what to do. <laughs> and then that crew is your crew for the day. So say I show up on shift, they're like, Smith, um, Balthazar, so and so. You guys are on engine twenty one today. So Balthazar is a staff sergeant. He's obviously going to sit in the in yeah. the passenger side. Uh, whoever's the second highest ranking is going to be the driver. Unless he doesn't want to, if he wants to be lazy that day, he can go sit in the back seat, you know, yeah. like back seat it. Um, so you can hold up to three people in the back seat, and then usually your um, airmen are going to be in the back seat. Uh, uh, they're stationed or whatever there. So you set your gear up, your shoe or your boots yeah. uh, outside of your door. You can hang your coat or whatever. So that way, whenever you're out doing something in the, in the fire station, uh, say I'm eating breakfast it's or whatever, it's it's there. So if you're engine 21, you're first responder. So there's engine 21, engine 22. So engine 21 oh. goes out first if for any reason. Uh, they're going out. And then if they're still on scene and they're busy and another call happens, then engine 22 goes yeah, out. Yeah, so that's... And then, but I mean, we only had two engines, so if if, a, if another thing happened... And and that was for only team... With it. Yeah, that was really. only for team A, though, right? That's only for A shift. Yeah. So, like, yeah. with... 
firefighters, like, where I've seen... Because I haven't seen, like, too many fires, like, with, like, legit them pull up on it and start dousing it out. But where right. I have seen a lot of firefighters is with medical emergencies. Like, before yeah. the ambulance. That's, so what yeah. was... Were, were those more of the things that you responded to? Yeah, medical emergency was our number one thing. Yeah. Because we get it every single day. Mm-hmm. You'll get it... You'll... There's no... I don't... I mean, if I think about it, I don't think there's ever a day where we didn't get a call. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, even for, for the littlest things ever. In the military... People will call the fire department for anything. <laughs> that was one of the things, because the military's so big on safety that it's just like, everyone's like a... Uh, they call always, us if you need us. They always what was wanna, the most like, insignificant They want to dull the edges off everything. But and the most insignificant thing I've done was definitely, uh, it's happened several times, where <laughs> we show up at the, the gym and a dude's playing basketball and dislocates his finger. Oh, it's like, what? bro, drive yourself to the hospital <laughs> yeah. or something. Why are you or calling? Just pull it? It. Yeah, he's like, hey, my fingers are okay. We're like, all right, well, we can't do it because we're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna wait for AMR to show up and then Damn. do it for you. And then leave. And then we'll leave. That's our job. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you good? Yeah, I'm all right. All yeah. right. Well, we just take we just take his <laughs> info down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely dealt with some uh, some crazier shit. Uh, so I don't know if you guys know the difference between enlisted rankings and officer rankings. So that's the whole thing. Enlisted, in itself. Would enlisted be like, yo, I'm trying to be an officer. Then officers like, yo, dog, I've been here. <laughs> uh, Is that like reserves? It, no. Type? So okay. all right, let me explain that. So in the military, there's a whole enlisted structure. So the easiest way to put it, instead of saying airman, airman first class, that's how you rank up, right? Yep. All the way up to uh, chief master sergeant. For the enlisted rankings, some straight Halo shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. So instead of saying all of that shit, you could say E one mm. to an E nine. Okay, okay, I have heard that. Actually, an E nine is the highest enlisted ranking. Is that engine one? No, it's enlisted. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. and, <laughs> and then um, there's all the officer rankings, which are O one through O nine, mm. same amount one through nine, right? Yeah. But enlisted will always be the bottom tier, and officers will always be the higher tier. So. That was another thing about the military that was, like, kind of iffy for me, was that, uh, so an enlisted, an enlisted person can be in the military, say, 20 plus years. This guy's been in 20 years. He's an E9. He's a chief master sergeant, top of the enlisted corps, right? And then this kid, fresh out of college, you have to have a college degree to be an officer. Mm -hmm. Um, this kid, fucking, let's call him 19, 20 years old, fresh out of college, graduates he can graduate the Air Force Academy which is college in itself is military college once you graduate you become an officer mm-hmm. that's not the only way to do it but it is one way yeah. and so say you graduate you now have been in the military a couple days and you outrank someone who's been in 20 plus years you know what I mean yeah so that's crazy how are you gonna tell me that this kid can tell me all about and something? you have to like salute to him and yeah. like all that stuff yeah Usually it's not that severe. Usually they call it, so uh, the very bottom of of the officer tier is a as a bronze bar, right? You're a second lieutenant. Mm-hmm. They call those guys butter bars because they're brand new. Uh, <laughs> so usually those kind of guys won't kind of have that like salute to me like E nine. They'll have that respect yeah, because yeah. they know this full wall. And then higher officers like like. O9s and O8s and shit will usually back up the E9s about it too like don't fucking think this guy's gonna salute to you Damn. you know what I mean yeah like you ain't shit you know what's interesting Spencer is 
so my friend works for an airline. He works for Alaska Airlines. And when you work there, the employee ranking for how long you've been there is the same way you just classified it. The I I forgot what his status is, but it's it's an EY one. And that cool. basically means that he has like the the highest ranking as an employee and the only people that outrank him are like pilots. And yeah. they have at EY9. Wow. Just yeah. like what you said. Sounds like, like the same thing. thing. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, like, airports, Air Force, all yeah. that shit makes total sense now. Yep. Damn. The through line between all of it. Sorry, that's not Sean peeing. That's Sean filling up a water <laughs> bottle. It's Fresh. very hot up the in here. filtered water. Just experiencing great. tons of heat. No, it's a great little little break transition. Yeah, in California right now we got tons of fires. So Spencer, like, how what would you have to say about like all these fires right now? You know, like, I think like we're experiencing. So that's uh, an that's a whole another different portion of, of fire. firefighting too is yeah. wildland fire. So wildland yeah. fires, I'm definitely not experienced in. I'll say that. I've done training in it. Mm-hmm. So when I was at that fire academy, we they teach you all different types of firefighting, whether it's putting a fire... Like, I've had to deal with uh, a lot of live fire exercises to where I'm putting out live fire. I'm getting sunburned by this fire. Like, Damn. I can be in there firefighting, and I'll, I'll take my helmet off. I got sunburn on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in there putting out a plane fire. You're putting out building fires. Mm-hmm. You're doing all of it. Real scale, is that what you deal with? Plane fires mainly? Yeah, plane, uh, plane fires and building fires mm. were mainly what we did. Uh, we did, like I was saying, we did learn a little bit of wildland, but it, it just wasn't... We had to have a certification, which we weren't even allowed to get, yeah. so we couldn't do it. Because it didn't apply to what your area... Well, I mean, that's the thing, it did. I lived in Colorado. There, there was some mm. of the most craziest fires out there, and before I got to Colorado, we had one of the craziest forest fires, and I missed my opportunity to be on it. But what it was was we had the it was called the Black Forest Fire, um, and what happened was there was this major forest fire down in Colorado, and that was the one time the military allowed our fire station to go out and actually be a part of this. But hmm. we technically weren't allowed to because you had to have a red card, which is a certain firefighting certification, which they didn't allow us to have. Uh, so, but for some reason we were allowed to go on it. They went on it. So you're out there when when you're dealing. It's, it's a whole different operation when you're dealing with something in a building and then there's something outside. So when there's something outside, it's feeding off of the brush. It's feeding off of something. That's what's so much more dangerous about a, a forest fire is you have to contain that shit yeah. quick or it becomes like what we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Which a, is a math within itself, too. Right. right? Like how fast is it going to spread? Which direction oh, is it going to go? Where's the wind going? That's that? where uh, fi- uh, fire prevention comes in. Mm-hmm. So they come in and then they'll... Uh, there's, those guys are real smart. Uh, they, they teach you a bit when you're out there. I mean, when you're if you're actually in it, they'll teach you a lot. But like uh, they're 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 investigators. They're fire investigators. So like I've had to deal with one fire one time. We, I got called out at like three in the morning, and our truck went out for this car just up in flames. There's a car up in flames. It's like mine. Yeah, for real. It was literally the same thing, but it was in an abandoned parking lot, so it was pretty fucking sketchy. Hello, random. Right. So. Um, we go over there, we put the fire out, all this, and then the, that's when the fire in, inspectors come by, and they'll look at everything, they'll tell you how this fire was brought, they'll tell you if this was, um, ar- arsony, or if it was, um, uh, they'll tell you if it's, yeah. if it's legit or not, mm-hmm. and they were telling, I mean, obviously, they were like, yeah, this is definitely, like, a set fire, they, they'll tell you what the origin of the fire, the origin of the fire is where they started it, in mm-hmm. the car, or wherever at, 
Yeah, they they can pinpoint that kind of That's stuff. That's crazy where it started. They can see it based off of the fire's trails and stuff. So and like the charred areas, exactly so, like where it's like darker. It's like yo, this yeah. burned hell. But that was also another thing we did in our training too. Is uh, there was some crazy training. Now that it's coming back to me, it's been a little while. But when I was at that San Angelo Training Academy, we did a little bit of that fire prevention where they were like, "All right, we're gonna put you in a scenario. You guys are just gonna walk around and figure out what happened here." And I was like, hmm. "All right." So they put us in, and like, there's different scenarios. So I walk in, and it's a room, or it's a uh, like a, like a living room. And I'm walking through with my crew, like four other dudes, and we're like looking around at the couch. There's burn marks or something, and like half the room is just like charred down. Literally a scene. It's a scene. It's like a legit just setup scene. Like a movie. And scene, I have to go say? through this. Yeah, for real. It's like a set, and I have to go <laughs> through. And they're like, I noticed there was a cigar sitting on the the couch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, the fire was started by the cigar. I'm guessing the dad fell asleep smoking a cigar or something, dropped it out of his mouth. That's why there's a black spot on the on the sofa because he dropped it there while he's falling asleep, lit himself on fire. Yeah. I mean that's just a scenario I came up with in my head. Yeah. But that's part of fire prevention is finding out yeah. what happened, finding out what started the fire. You Does know. the cigar like look like a real cigar? Is it like it was a real cigar? But oh, <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> but like, yeah. is, it, is it charred though? Because like, how did it? How would you know? It's like, how do you, like? Wouldn't it burn? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're like, is the scene, like, gone? Is everything just dust? Like, how do you yeah, even yeah, get to like, the beginning of that scene? Yeah, like, yeah. Or just as, like, a clue, basically. It's, like, clues and okay, stuff like okay. that. So it'll have, like, a cigar, and then you'll see, like, a black spot, like, a burned area. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's it was uh, happened there. So if the, if the fire stopped there, then the guy must have woke up and was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. Dang, so, true. Like, like, put, like putting an ashtray across and like be like, you know, it sounds like he smoked and this is why he was here. He could have, okay, yeah. I got you on that. Then. So let me ask you about this. You said one of the most dangerous things is when like a, f- uh, what do you call it? field fire force? A uh, f- uh, wildfire. Wildfire. When a wildfire feeds into a building. So with that scenario going, like, is the main priority to get people out of it or to stop what's fueling the main fire? Uh, that's up to your not your crew chief, but it's up to whoever is in charge of the scene's um, discretion. So if they see at this point where uh, our biggest, well, let me start by saying our biggest priority as a firefighter obviously is life, number one, and two is property conservation. Hmm. So we're going to try to save your shit. We're not going to just blast your house full of water. We have to make sure we don't fuck your shit up. Like, we do. We do. I can't just... If there's a fire here, I gotta make sure I'm getting that fire. I'm not just like, fuck. You know? That'll literally go through It'll destroy your house. It'll destroy the shit out of your house. So, property conservation is part of the job. Which is why they have to do the PSI. That's another... Right? Well, the PSI, getting the pressures out, is mostly... I need this hose to spray some water. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I don't get a water supply, then... Um, I'm dying. In here, <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And then there's so many, there's so many techniques too of with firefighting too. Like, um, oh, it's so hard to go over all of them, but like <laughs> rolling, rollover fires. So like, say like I, if I were to come through this door with my, so when you come in on a hose, right? Say I'm on the front of the hose. You got one person backing you up. Mm-hmm. When you turn that hose on, that thing is so fucking powerful. You need Hell someone yeah. behind you backing you up, or you're they flying. Need to hold that shit. Huh? You you are gonna go flying if you don't. Yikes. Right? If you let go of that hose and it's on, you someone's getting knocked out. Someone's, I've heard of firefighters getting killed like that. You can't. That's that's a giant metal yeah. pipe swinging around. Yeah. And 
we've done fun. I'm mean, like I was saying, we've done fun scenarios to counter all these events because it's all been done. It's firefighting is not a firefighting is not a flawless uh, job. Yeah, it's the there's so many firefighters that have fucked up because you constantly need to train, you constantly yeah. need to learn, and that was one thing in the military that I learned was that once I graduated past fire academy at a young age I thought to myself I'm the shit I graduated I don't need to learn shit anymore like I figured out what I need to know to be a firefighter right I stopped learning I stopped learning and that's where I failed that's where I figured out that I was like you you can never stop learning you never as soon as you think you know everything that's when you already lost (laughs) and and that's that's a big thing that I learned from being in the military was that um, yeah I got I got in there. I, I took my licks as like the new guy, right? And then once I got kind of a little bit of cred under me and the new guys started coming in, I was always I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be like, you know, fuck you new guy, you know. Like, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to have that authority. Get a little bit. So like when these new guys were learning, I'm just or, like learning all their new shit. I'm like, man, like fuck you guys want no shit. You know? But look, me over here, I'm like, man, I'm not learning anything either. I don't know shit. You know? Yeah, because there's still a, another hierarchy of competition on the yeah. So, you talked about life and property conservation. That's really, really interesting, actually. Yeah, the highest priority is life. Mm-hmm. Second is property conservation. So, when you're going in, obviously, so, let's say for a scenario, I, um, let's take one scenario, conservation. So, uh, I went into a building, there was no one... To, everyone was fine, right? If there's no one, if there's no life to that's harmed, then obviously property conservation comes as number one. So I'll talk about one of the first fires I've ever been on, and it was one of the craziest fires I've ever been on. Uh, I was brand new, and this was this was almost what kind of gave me that chip on my shoulders. Like I had a fire at a like up because things off, yeah. but you're ready to go. You wait for your crew chief to get on your back, and then you go into the building. So once you go into the building. You have to find a well. If the if you can't see, say there's so much smoke, which there usually is, you can't see anything anything in front of your face. You have to follow a a pattern to get into the building. So you you get on your knees and you gotta crawl because heat rises. So yeah, you, you want to be at the lowest point. Exactly. So you gotta crawl, and your crew chief is gonna pick your point of entry. So say if I was coming through this door and there was a fire here and I couldn't see it anywhere. We're going to crawl, and he says, I want to go with a left-hand search pattern. So we're going to go left across this wall. We're going to hug the wall as much as we can while we're sticking our limbs out looking for people because I can't see shit. Yeah. So I'm just going to move my hands around. Uh, we can't see anything, so I'm going through this entire thing. I'm leading as I'm going through with the hose. He's on my back searching the areas is the around hose, me. like heavy, <coughs> like filled with water. Yeah, the it gets difficult because you got all the friction you're dealing with the hose, trying to get hose Bending around, around corners. Yeah, it gets. It gets so the hose isn't even on though, right? No, it is on. Okay, Once you're okay, in the building, yeah, it's yeah, on. Okay, okay. It's it's just filled up yeah, and it's yeah. just heavy. Okay, holding okay. it, you're holding tools because you always got to go in with a tool. Yeah, that's the thing too is you got your hose and you have a tool with you, whether it be an axe, whether it be a crowbar, or something. You mm-hmm. need to go in with a tool. Um, we had some cool equipment. We had these thermal imaging detectors, like it was a, like a gun, 
and I can look through walls and see if there's fire in those walls. I can see the certain degree oh, of those damn. fires. That's actually pretty cool. It's pretty crazy stuff, like high tech. What stuff. about like as far as like seeing like heat signatures of bodies? You can see all of it. It'll Dang. it'll pick up everything. I can That's point it cool. at you. It'll see your entire. Is there body. like something where you could see through the smoke? Like, do they have anything where you can see like a body or like? Like some type of heat thermal like yeah vision exactly thing. that's like, what I meant that gun would essentially do the same thing I think because um, it goes it, I mean, yeah it has like a mini like screen like though this. On it, yeah it's got a mini screen uh, it's got a screen in the front and you just point it and yeah. it'll it'll come up with the same image but it'll be like a uh, like a predator vision you know would thermal. the inspectors be using that just to like find heat sources or like do they come um, in later. In the scene. Oh, yeah, they they come in when the fire's out or Completely, when it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's with, like during fire that. Yeah, no one's in the building with the firefighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, fuck. Do you, do you miss anything from that? Like, because it sounds like it's like exhilarating to the point where it's like Wait, exhausting. Well, finish the story. So you're scaling oh. through. The uh, oh well, yeah, so I you laid that. the line. You scaled. Yeah, through. we laid that line. Uh, background on the building it's a so we show up this is outside this is not on base this is outside so we respond to the immediate area town area as well and we show up to a paintball warehouse so it's like a like where they have all the co2 tanks and stuff Ah. so i don't know how the fire started but i know that co2 bottles and fire are not gonna mix yeah so every couple seconds you'd hear an explosion shoot off and you'd see these uh co2 bottles shoot through the roof or just shoot out they were just exploding off like movie just yeah you just see the doors blow open every torpedoes, now and then from the explosions yeah those are straight up torpedoes running out they are <laughs> legit they're and huge. I saw one shoot out the roof, and I'm like, I wonder where that went. Like, did it land on someone's car? Like, <laughs> like that's a heavy piece of metal right there that's yeah, in dude. the sky. Someone and it's going high that. as fuck. Per- yeah, yeah, projectile. It's mm. coming back down eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a crazy fire. I mean, uh, yeah, we... I mean, so you were a newbie, so you went in with the hose? Because they made yeah, you guys on the hose. I actually didn't get to fight that fire. Mm-hmm. I was on it. I set up and everything. Uh, I was. You were there. You were on I was, scene. Yeah, I was on scene. I was. I was what's. I was backup. I was on the other side of the building. So, mm. um, another thing of fire operations is pushing the fire away from the house. So if the fire is on this side, I'm not gonna fight it towards the house, right? I want right. to fight it inside, facing outward, of course, or to get it away. There's so many different like things you'd never even think about in firefighting, like techniques. Like uh, if I'm in a room, I need to. Uh, say there's a fire here um, I need to start ventilation first so I need to open up a window and I need to shoot my hose through the window so when I shoot that water hose what it's doing is it's creating a vacuum suction for the fire for the fire oh, so yeah. when I shoot that oxygen, hose yeah. exactly so it's gonna uh, suck that smoke out yep. of the room so it starts doing that once you say ventilation is complete you'll see the smoke start clearing the room that's when you want to fight the fire there's all kinds of ways to fight it that we had to go over. Like, um, our scenario was like, say in that corner there was a bed, and that bed was on fire, and the the fire spread up to the ceiling at this point. Hell so tall, it's like. all it's in that corner all the way up. Our technique Crazy. would be what's called penciling, where I need to say I'm behind a door. I can't just go into that room and start spraying water. Yeah. I'll, I will steam burn the fuck out of myself. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, fire and water, steam happens, yeah. right? I, I'm gonna steam burn the fuck out of myself if I do that. You gotta go in and you gotta change the temperature of the room first. So I open the door real quick. I go, one, two, three. I close the door. So you spray the top and that's gonna bring the temperature of the room down. The steam is gonna come down. 
Wow. Uh, just a couple of sprays of Just water. a couple sprays real quick. You can do it twice, maybe, but you can't just go in there and start spraying. Yeah. All that. All that's going to come that's right back out That's a big misconception, because I thought you just hose that motherfucker. No. And then there's, there's <laughs> other things, too. When you have your hose, it changes the dial, right? So you can go to a wide fog pattern, mm-hmm. and then you can go to a straight stream. Straight a s- up like a sprinkler. Exactly. Or, uh, yeah. But you know what I'm like, talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. the we water your grass yeah. and shit. All so stuff. a straight stream is going to be for your fire attack. That's when we're trying to put the fire out. Usually you want a, a wide, you don't want it as straight as possible. You want to wide it out a little bit, kind of that sweet zone. Yeah. And then when you go to your fog pattern is when you're creating a shield for yourself. So I can go and create a fog here of mist, and now fire is not going to get to me. So I just like, created this yeah. shield for myself. Yeah. So it's a, it's a water shield in front yeah. of you. And uh, you want so you're using this. You got two. <laughs> Actually, you got two hoses coming in. One's going to be on the attack, and then so say one guy's fighting the fire with his hose, while the other guy's on the side with a shield, just blocking him. Fuck. So while this guy's fighting, he's got a water shield in front of him, and mm-hmm. I'm blocking him with the shield. Is that also how you contain fires into like one room? Yeah. So yeah, you wanna you wanna get that fire back down to normal. So once you've got the fire um, more contained, where it's lighter. Uh, you don't want to straight stream anymore. You want to go to that fog pattern. You want to open it up to where you where you smother the fire. Mm. You want to smother it's it. It's raining on it. Yeah. And then also in firefighting, you're not just using water. You're using foam. Uh, that's a big mm. thing, too, is you use foam. It's not just water. Water... It's like, it's like a mixture of, like, a small... It's a chemical. In there yeah, something. it's a chemical base. There's all kinds of different kinds, I mean, but it's fire extinguishers. Yeah, but do leave a phone fire. Ex- there's different kinds of fire extinguishers too. So like, I can Damn. get into all kinds of shit, <laughs> man. Like your regular fire extinguisher that you see is an ABC fire extinguisher. It's your standard one. You can Literally have the ABCs. Just the ABCs. <laughs> ABC fire extinguisher. You'll see it. All the red ones or whatever. Yep. And then there's hal- uh, halon fire fi- uh, extinguishers, which use a a halon. Um, foam, but those are starting to become outdated because they're like cancerous. Uh, a lot of <laughs> no, really, a lot of our firefighting shit is cancerous. Like all that foam For that real. we spray is cancerous. When I was spraying it, the news came out. There was actually a huge thing on my base. They were like, "Oh, firefighting is poisoning our water supply because of the foam." And it's like, uh, it's like, well, all right, we'll just won't show up. Yeah, we just won't save your life. I guess. <laughs> I was like, you want to save or not? Yeah. <laughs> So we got blamed for that, but it's like, that's why a lot of the rules have been changing about how to use it. But you need that foam to put out jet fuel. Jet fuel burns so hot. Like I was telling him, I got a sunburn from it being... How close? I'm putting out the fire and I got a sunburn. (laughs) In (laughs) your suit? In my suit. Damn. With your shield. (laughs) (laughs) For real. We did uh what's another phone we did? We so did, the phone just keeps it from spreading. The phone will just sit the there. The phone acts as a as a blanket. So it's gonna be it's gonna lay on top of the fire to smother it out. Mm. There's three components to make a fire. You need a fuel source, you need water, and you need oxygen. And one all which is funny, if you think about it, you need water to create the fire. Or uh not water, oxygen. You need to um right. So if you that's why when you say you put out a grease fire, you gotta get rid of one component the oxygen you gotta suffocate the fire you can't pour water on it otherwise you're gonna create a bigger fire so it gets a little hotter or <laughs> grease grease you don't ever want to put water on a grease fire oh. say that one more time for the podcast say it. you don't ever want to put water on a grease fire oh like when you're like Smother cooking or something. when you're cooking yeah oh and you're like yo throw some bitch. water on that shit yeah. and they're like yo what the fuck yeah, yeah you're gonna set your house on you fire you wanna put alcohol on it <laughs> it's a little contradicting but uh heed my lesson 
Nah. Nah. And on the real though, smother that bitch. Put mm-hmm. a lid on it. So a lid would actually suffocate your fire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to suffocate, take the oxygen away. Um, it's like putting a match in your mouth, you know, and then pulling it out. And just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. No way, yeah. You lit it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. <laughs> of course. You never done that? One fun drill I did, which oh. I walked into <laughs> without even knowing, was the, um, what do we call it? We called it the, I think it was the confidence test or whatever. But Damn, really? I forget what it was called. Confidence? It was a confidence test. I love that. A... You don't sound very confident about that answer. Well, because... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I want to I wanna give you the perspective of me going in, not knowing anything that's about to happen. Mm. So I, we have a training grounds out in my base, right, where we do all of our live fire exercises and stuff. We set this building on fire. We go in, we put it out all the time. But we did this one drill called a... It's called a confidence burn. That's what it is. Uh, and uh, same thing. But I still like the name. It's, it's my first. Uh, it's my first time ever doing this. I didn't know we were doing it at the time, but they were like, "All right, everybody, go walk into the room." That's the like the same room where I told you where the beds at. That mm-hmm. fire snare. That's the room we were in still. So um, everyone's already in there, and then I finally walk in. We're all fully geared up. I got my oxygen on. I'm fully geared up, and I walk into the room, and the room's on fire. Like it's normal for us because that's what we train for. So. <laughs> but I open the door, and everyone's just sitting down, and they're in their gear. And the fire is just engulfing the room almost. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm sitting down <laughs> with everyone else. And so we sat down. And there's no more room away from the fire. I'm the closest to it. So I'm just feeling right here burning. We're sitting there. And I'm like, fuck, what is this? Like, what are we doing? This is hot as fuck. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, I was cool. I was fine. Did you know the name still? Confidence Burn? I didn't know at the time. Okay. I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know yeah, why yeah, we were yeah. sitting in this room. It's yeah. hot as fuck. That's all you know you're supposed to do, though. Yeah. Okay. And, um, like just chilling, literally, like they're just, just like chilling. go in there. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm chilling. Like if like I'm right here and the fire is this white <laughs> foam, <laughs> and I'm just like right here. And that also speaks to the suit hurts. that you're wearing. That's fucking yeah. like he just pointed out maybe like six, maybe twelve inches away from him. Mm-hmm. Just for the perspective. Yeah, and you're just sitting in there, you're hanging out, and it it sucks, it burns, and then um, the the training grounds can only get up to a certain degree before it's safety unit turns itself off so it gets up to that point and then it'll turn off and then everyone's like get us out of here like fuck this because it's Mm -hmm. hot as shit in there so everyone goes running out and everyone is just steaming everyone's got smoke coming off of them yeah and they're telling you don't touch any of your shit because any metal any metal pieces on your helmet's gonna burn you still Mm -hmm. and they said don't touch any of your shit till you come out you come out you're just like fuck like you're still hot you're sweating like crazy in that suit and lost hella calories. Yeah, you. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about like you must burn. So it's a straight workout being in that suit alone. Sixty. Yeah. Dude, if you had a Fitbit on after you fought a fire, melted. Yeah. I mean, you, you come out of that suit and you you feel like you you feel skinny because you feel like so much water weight was just yeah, lost. So much water weight, but. Yeah, you come out of that room, and that was the confidence burn I figured out, and I was like, that's the that's the drill. Sit in a room and get comfortable being in, next to a fire. Literally. And get comfortable being next to a fire. Mm-hmm. And I got comfortable enough to where, maybe almost too comfortable, to where we had these rollover drills, which was a, a different container, but they were teaching us how, what a rollover fire looks like, which is beautiful. It's crazy. It's such a weird, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all science. It's all chemistry. Yeah, what it is is... Uh, the way it was is we were in this trainer. It looked like one of those, like, uh, you know, like one of those giant, like, moving crates or whatever. Like, you see, like, 
like on trains. Yeah, something oh, like okay. that or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like a, it was like kind a of shipment container. like a shipment container. Yeah, yeah, okay. It looked like one of those. So everyone sits in there, and then there's like at the end there's a different level. So it's a higher level, right? And everyone's sitting down lower. So up on this higher level is where we have a barrel full of wood, and then we set up the walls made of wood too because we're we're gonna create a fire. We're gonna create an effect mm-hmm. that happens normally in certain fire situations. It's called a rollover fire. So when a fire is above you like that and it's coming down into another room, you'll see you'll literally see the fire once it starts consuming everything around it above there, it'll start literally just rolling over itself on the ceiling. So you were just sitting under while you watch Fuck. fire, just it it clings to the ceiling and it just it just rolls over and you're just like looking at this fire above you and it's beautiful and you're like, damn, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just I like we did that scenario so many times where I just lay in there and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to sleep. It's kind of warm and comfortable. I can, I can close my, yeah, yeah, I can close my eyes and be like, you're like, I, yeah, I know this is extreme, but like, honestly, I've done it too many I can go, I, I remember, uh, like, yeah, I can, I remember feeling, dude, I can go to sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> During the drill though, During but like, it's, and you're in a mask and shit, so no one can see your eyes. You're just like, <laughs> just like slumping yeah you know but in it so many times if you put that into like cause that was a drill then what, what about like have, has that happened in a real yeah. life perspective where you're like yo dog this ain't a drill like, yeah and how serious is a rollover fire uh, it's very serious when you deal with it <laughs> putting it out that's the thing is being able to notice it you can't put it out in the same way mm. I guess uh, when it if it's rolling back towards you, don't focus on the fire that's behind you. Focus on the two origin points of where it's at, because you yeah. want to stop from where it's coming from, because that'll kill any of the other fire too, you know. And uh, we never really had to, I didn't ever really had to deal with a rollover fire in my fire. Time. Yeah, but just in the scenario, <coughs> another one is um, what's a, a backdraft. You ever, yeah, seen, you ever seen that movie? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, a backdraft will kill you. What uh, what a backdraft is, is something that you can't really see. A backdraft is when there's... I don't know if I'm going to explain this right, but I know that if there's so much fire, in a, or if there's so much pressure being built up into a building, when a firefighter is looking away to get into that building, say... Um, Say there was a window, right? And I'm going to break this window to get in. You can't just stand in front of that window if mm-hmm. there's a backdraft. If a, say there's a backdraft contained in that building and some clueless firefighter just, like, breaks that window, that's going to cause an explosion, and he's going to die because he's going to break that window, <laughs> and it's going to come <laughs> as an explosion. Damn. As an explosion. Because it's like, it's like the pressure is so, it's so built, built up, up in, in there. looking for an air source. Yeah. And yeah. all that rush of oxygen that just enters that room, fire is going to feed off that oxygen, and Whoa. it's going to go boom. Uh, bomb like a bomb and I, I remember because I remember seeing that in the movie and they're like you know grabbing the door handles they're like it's hot yeah and they look down they're like mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, they're like really this is a bad one and that, they're, they're like yeah. yo guys clear the, and then, I don't know so what one, do you do you puncture a hole or something and let it like, you stand to the side of it and either that or it's gotta blow like you have to you, you have, have to, to pop, pop the cap open. on that there's yeah I mean there's certain ways you can do it um, I is mean, there like little like 
bombs or not, not bombs, but like grenades you could use or like something no. like. Damn, firefighting's crazy if you yeah, got grenades. grenades. Like, like, yeah. a remote, yeah, like a little remote C4 or something. Like a little no, but firefighting is coming mm. out with some crazy like technology stuff. Yeah, every, every year like, they probably like upgrade. They're like, dude. they had some crazy, we never had it, but I've heard about it. <laughs> they got like, like a freezer right Dude, they what? got like, like you got your oxygen <laughs> mask. Your oxygen mask has digital display, like HUDs, like your iron. What? So you're like, heat gun that's on your fucking face yeah, now? Yeah, and I can see my oxygen supply, and I'm just like fucking, I'm like Halo, bro. That's actually your oxygen supply, that's that's pretty dope to have it's on crazy. your mask. That's like necessary, though. You're like, you don't well, even need you already one. still have one, but it's a little not as cool as Maybe seeing you, it uh, in your it's mask. It's a little bit more seamless You now. probably yeah. have to be like, yo, what is that? You're like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, right, they they right. make it pretty noticeable for you. It's you can't you see it under your, out of your peripherals so uh, when you got your face mask on there's a little gadget attached to your mask right here and it's got a green light all the way to red so when you see that green light start going down you mean you're coming out of air okay. and you can just look at your bottle you have like a little so when you put that uh, pack on you got a little meter right here I could it's like scuba diving it, it's, it's the same thing mm. it's a it's a self breathing apparatus you know? That's what a scuba is. Yeah, yeah. it's the same so exact thing. You can you can actually go scuba diving with it. We've done it. We'll put we've put our <laughs> our packs on and we'll fill up a pool because we have pools at the fire station for like yeah. certain drills and stuff. That's a whole other thing. You gotta pool get your fire. No, this you, is the craziest. No, you gotta get your license <laughs> on every single truck type. There, we had ten Dang. different types of trucks or apparatuses. Apparatuses, if you want to use the layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so each individual truck, I gotta go around. Uh, I have to spend hundreds of hours on each individual truck. You start with one. They want to know uh, the inches of the tires, your turning radius. They want you to know how much oil does it hold, uh, how much pressure should be in your tires during daily checkout. Uh, is all your equipment in every single compartment, hmm. every single little thing. What about Where the fun is part, should like be? the aggressive driving? The driving? Yeah, when you, get to, when you get to a certain point. So like, like I was saying, when you're brand new, you're going to be a backseater. Mm-hmm. When you get a little bit more ranks, not it doesn't take a long time, but you'll become a driver pretty soon. And when you're a driver, um, yeah, you're in charge of all. It's it's a that's a, one of the most stressful jobs I think because you have to get everyone there. You have to get everyone there on time. I gotta drive this. I gotta drive this big ass truck that does not have that great of a width. Mm-hmm. You know, no turning radius. No, no turning room. radius. There's time. I mean, yeah, dude, it's. It's not, it's not easy. It's not Something fun. You're like, you're like, yeah. It's I'd scary. Really, it's sketchy. I don't like driving. I didn't like driving. You're like, I'd rather be in the backseat. I'd rather be well. fighting the fire than to be dealing with all that hose components and shit. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember having to sit through, because when I got to that point and I had to become an engineer, a, a driver, you have to learn how to do that. You have to learn how to um, put all the different pressures into what hoses, right? Yeah. The, I think the standard was you wanted 150 PSI going through both hoses, but you didn't want, or you wanted 300 PSI going to both hoses, but you didn't want both of them to be even. Like, you didn't want both of them to be 150, 150. You wanted one to be, like, 180, 120 or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? So, uh, it was just, it was weird. There's certain things that you had to do. And the, the, the reason being is you want your primary line to have more pressure. You want that one to be on the attack, and then you want your secondary line to be, it doesn't need your as much water. Thing. Exactly, it doesn't mm-hmm. need as much pressure. So... That's yeah. all, yeah. It's crazy. I'm trying to soak that in. It's <laughs> like, dude, there's so, like, literally, like, you started this conversation with, I thought you just fucking, like, sat and waited. And, like, I, I knew it was a little bit more than that, but as far as, like, the types of fires, the hoses, the shielding, like, the 
fucking fire hydrants. The math oh, behind the it. The math behind it. You keep it. bringing up more stuff, and I can keep going on about more stuff. Um, hydrants, fire hydrants, there's another thing you learn. That's one of the first things you learn, how to catch a hydrant. When you're brand new at the fire station, and you're sitting on that back seat, that's your main job. So, um, backseaters, the person on the left who's behind the driver, that's the guy who is your plugman. What's, mm-hmm. what's considered a plugman. The plugman has to take the five-inch hose, which is the big-ass hose sitting on the back. They got to... So say you pull up to a scene. Um, the fire hydrant's... The fire hydrant is here. The building's... The closest building... Uh, the building that's on fire is here, but the closest hydrant's way it's over here. <laughs> right? It's way the fuck over here. It's really inconvenient right now. So how do we deal with that? What happens is, say, the truck pulls up right here. The dude gets off the truck. He's going to go on... Get up onto the back of the truck... Yank that big ass five inch hose down. It's the heaviest hose we have. It sucks. Damn. You take that hose off. You gotta run over to that fire hydrant, wrap the hose around the fire hydrant, step on it. Tell your driver to go. He's gonna drive all the way down while all the hose is falling off the back of the truck. Get to the get to over there. So once he gets to there, now you know how much hose you need because you you're at your distance already. Yeah. So you're over here connecting into that fire hydrant while your driver is connect taking the end piece of that five inch and he's connecting it into the truck mm-hmm. so what you're doing is you're resupplying your truck full of water because your truck will yeah. run out of water in about three minutes what you're with how much water pressure you're putting out uh, three is minutes your contains like a certain amount right right three minutes though don't so that's yeah crazy i don't remember the, i mean i had to learn all these these were beaten into my head but i don't remember the exact water i remember it wasn't a lot is a couple thousand gallons it's a couple thousand gallons that go away in three uh, very very fast is that why you have to like do certain like no so no no no. once once the guy's connected into the hydrant then you have an endless water supply so that that means you're connected turn on their sinks like what and then at that point (laughs) (laughs) you know the person taking a shower is like ah Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so going back to the training, that's what it was like. That's the first thing you learn. They're going to tell you get off the truck, go connect into that hydrant as yeah. fast as you can because that you're the main source of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The think about that. You just get out of you training. Can't do anything. You get out of training. That's your. You have one of the most important jobs. As little as it seems, or as little as people make it seem, you have one of the most important jobs. Yeah. You have to get the main water to the truck so that, and you have to do that in time. The before that your other guys are on the water, on the line, ready to go into the house. Mm-hmm. So they're in the line, on the ready to go into the house. You're back here plugging into the hydrant. You need to be fast with that. If you're not fast and they don't have water and they're going into that building they're with no water, down. you're fucking up. You're fucking up. They're just like, click, click. You're That's why like, you're like, yo, I need more. You need a backup, yeah. and you're just like, they're like, huh, uh, what? Hurry up! And yeah. you're like, you're like, bro, I can't, I can't get it. And this and one and doesn't and work. And <laughs> and pressure will crush you in those certain situations. There's certain situations where you are trying to twist this coupling in, and you can't do it. It's jamming or something. It might not even be Some you. Reason, it yeah. might just be a shitty thing. And but now you got someone who's like, where the fuck is the water? And you're like, dude, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. What do I do? Hell stress. Right? Wow. What do I do? Do I just keep continuing to try to plug this in? Do I be like, I'm a fucking idiot? What do I do? Um, and so those are situations you have like to train real, for. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, that, has that happened to you in real life, though? Like, you, no. like, 
that's what we train every single yeah, day yeah. for. What's like, what But those think? happen to me in training every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, it's still the same. That's pressure. the reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said you've died like seven times during that yeah. thing. It's all things exactly. Because there, there are multiple exercises to like prepare you for that event. And that's what you're doing throughout your day. So like, until you get a fire call. Yeah, exactly. Damn. So Why do they give the most important job to the lowest rank? You know, I mean, they're there. Everyone has their job. Yeah. Just because you're the lowest rank, um, it's something you gotta learn. It's something that everyone learns. It's an important job, yeah. but it's a it's an easy job still. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, a very, significant job. It's a very significant easy. job. So, so you it's feel one. like you're contributing. But yeah. it's, it's kind of in a sense where it's like putting you <coughs> putting you in the deep end. It's like, yo, you need to learn how to do this so then everything yeah. else isn't trial by hard. fire. And that's know? what everything. <laughs> that's what it all is. Is you? Yes, you need to learn this first because if you don't learn this first and you forget this then we all die. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And that's why they put that pressure on you, so it's like, yeah. get it right the first six yeah. fucking fuck couple times. And, and they will be very hard on you in the beginning. You yeah, know? for real. And that's like, going back to before, when you're asking like what a whole daily routine is, so yeah. that's your 7 to 3 o'clock time, like I was saying. To 3 o'clock. That's 7 to 3 Damn. o'clock, your training, classwork, all that stuff. After 3 o'clock, you're considered done for the day, right? You still have to be there for 24 hours, but yeah. now I am on call mm-hmm. so we, we hang out at the firehouse is that chill mode that's chill mode if you got work to do you still got work to do yeah, but um, but it is considered ch- if you're brand new that ain't chill mode go fucking study yeah, like, yeah you gotta wipe these you know I mean? toilets right yeah <laughs> so in the uh, when you get into the in the military fire um, you have to get your five level so you start out even when you graduate basic training, after you graduate the fire academy, you still have to get your five level. There's always shit you gotta learn, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when uh, getting your five level is required to get licensed on every single one of the trucks in the fire station. That's the main thing. And I don't think there was anything else, but that takes a long time. It takes a yeah. while, a couple months to get licensed on all that. But once you get that all done, then you get your fi- your five level which upgrades your helmet because if you're wearing a yellow helmet it means you're probing you're brand new if you have a black helmet it means you're standard you're oh, you're, yeah. uh, you're a firefighter and you got your shield on the front and then if you have a red helmet you're a crew chief if you got a white helmet you're the fire chief Damn. Uh, green helmets are for safety they're the safety officer on scene does that like with the tape too at all like do they have like special tapes uh, the thing about helmets is like you can always customize them. It depends. Yeah. It depends. Like, it's by color though, basically. Uh, yeah, the color is what is your determines who's who yeah. out there. Yeah. Does the, the color of the fire hydrants have any significance? Yes, every fire hydrant um, tells you how much water pressure is available in that in that hydrant. So if it's a blue water hydrant. I believe yeah. blue is one of the highest. It means it'll output a lot of pressure. If you have a brown one, it means it's not very good. They should probably replace it. They're like weak yeah. brown. And is there just a guy who's just like paints it? Like this is why. So much goes in. It into, used to be in blue. Now it's like you know, <laughs> yeah. like, last changes time we it. Use this, you know. And he's like, this shit's a back blue. This shit's a brown. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, some old. He's like, this shit's still blue. Nah, retired yeah. but still rust. Dry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Colorado had different ones, so we had to, uh, I mean, fire, pre- or not, I don't know, it was fire prevention, or one of them, the, the ones who teach you about all that stuff, so they plan for all of that stuff, I, I mean, little things, like, every 300 feet, there's a fire hydrant, 
that's yeah. they have to plan for that because that's there's only ev- 300 feet of hose like in the back of the truck. Everywhere, or though, not right? 300. Uh, yes, like, it's standard. Yeah. So Around that's like, standard operation. That's the thing about firefighting is there's standard operations that go for all firefighting. So when you go to another fire station, they might do things a little different, but they're going to usually have the same yeah. style of training. And uh, what was I saying? Uh, hydrants. Yeah. The hydrants. Yeah. Different pressures. In Colorado, we had to take an account for cold. So there was different kinds of... Uh, there was wet and then there was dry hydrants. So we had dry hydrants. You couldn't just leave the water in the in the in the hydrant or it would freeze. In the wintertime. In the wintertime yeah. it would freeze and then it would be completely useless. Yeah, so we have it's wet. So that's why it's dry. So if it's dry oh. it means the water doesn't sit in there. It's gonna take a couple it's gonna take a while for you to hit that thing. Damn. But it doesn't it you, you get it you get it open yeah. quick. It's not nothing. It's just crazy. longer than the usual. It's longer than yeah, usual. Yeah. Another thing is um, checking your, your your sprinkler systems. There's different ones. There's all kinds of different ones. The ones that we had most common is if it has a little red bar, it's a bar of mercury. And the mercury is used, so if the room gets hot, that little bar of mercury is going to crack open. And when that cracks, it's going to release the, the sprinklers. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly. one system that they I, had. I remember I installed that. I was like, oh, wow, that's how fire sprinklers work. Yeah, but so if like, you crack that little red vial, it's, yeah. that's what it is. It's like almost Instant like a little... cancer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. legit. Yeah, it's a little... Bottle of mercury. That's really cool, though. It's I cool. didn't know that. Do you miss anything from the firefighting academies, or like? Or I mean, it was all fun. Time. I liked yeah. it. I don't regret any of it. I'm just definitely glad to be done. You know <laughs> that schedule is grueling, man. Twenty four hours on, twenty four hours off. You don't get weekends. You're either working. You're waking up at work to go uh, home, or you're working up at home to go to work. I my you have what's called a Kelly day. Uh, I guess someone named Kelly came up with this. I don't know the backwards. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a girl's name. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it, this is Kelly Day comes from, or they call it K Day, Kelly Day. It's from back in firefighting history, whatever. Yeah. But what a Kelly Day is, you're assigned a day. So I was assigned Monday was my Kelly Day. <laughs> so basically, I never have to work Mondays. Uh, that so basically, so we have a rotating schedule. So you work 24 hours on, 24 hours off. So, say one week I get to a Monday, and my crew's on shift. That means my crew goes to work, but I don't have to go in. Mm. So on Monday. On that Monday. Yeah. So, that will give me three days off, because I was off the day before, and then my crew has to go to work, but I'm off, and yeah. then, my, then we're off the next day, so I get three days off right there. So, you do get three days off every two weeks. Oh, okay. So, it's not terrible, but then also my so weekend. three days off. You get three days off yeah. every two weeks, and my three days off were Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> And the day that I'm off, my shift's at work. Those are all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I guess I'm just going to hang out with nobody. Yeah. You know? This <laughs> is an awesome weekend. You, you know, it's like... <laughs> Can I just hang out at the firehouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes I would, too. Unless, just know? to chill. Yeah. Then, then, then you're Dude, just we chilling. had big screen TVs. I brought my Xbox. We just play <laughs> Xbox Live at Dang. night. They had a gym, yeah? We had our own gym. Yeah. The, things done the yeah the off time was great you yeah. you get to fucking work out after after three o'clock you go straight to working out everyone's in there Hell yeah. do whatever you want you work out it's a nice little gym and then you get to make you have to make your own dinner you got to bring all your own food that's the thing that's, yeah. that's another thing that sucks learning how to cook <laughs> I didn't I'm not I'm not that great at food yeah. but when I was over there my biggest thing was just making like chicken and rice you know basic shit did you guys have family meals or it was like yeah we did that every now and then we'll be like this guy's gonna cook 
everybody pitches in. Yeah. We'll go out to the store and then we'll have a big dinner or something. Hell yeah. Every like Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, we all we always had a dinner and mm. stuff. Everybody brought their families. You could do that. So after three o'clock, your family can come hang out, or after five o'clock, your family can come hang out for a little bit. You know, come see you. Uh, but if there's a fire. Oh yeah, and that happens all the time. But they're they're, like, they're oh, so used go. to it. Yeah, there's times where uh, there was one time when everyone sat down at the table to eat. And then the bell went off, and then everyone ran out, and there was just one dude's wife, and she was just sitting at the table by herself. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I mean, like, she, she can't be mad. Yeah. So then, yeah. you guys are like, well, time for... <laughs> See ya! Yeah. 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 And you're just like, we're for eight hours on these ribs. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it, would, it would help you get out of certain situations, because when you're in the military, you have to go to a lot of military functions, and they're so fucking Dang. boring. You're like, yeah, well, uh, we got a call. Yeah, like award Mexico. ceremonies, you're just like, you got your you got your uh, radio on you the whole time, mm-hmm. so you're just Damn. waiting. And your pants just chilling. Just yeah, you're in a scenario, and then like so mm-hmm. it'll it would go off all the time too. So as soon as you hear beep beep beep, you're like, "Fuck, let's get out of here." Yeah, we gotta go. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, there's times when like the beep wasn't even for us; it was for another truck. We're like, "Nope, we gotta go. We gotta go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we should, we should go check on them. The base after that. <laughs> They've been a while. We should go check on them. Uh, <laughs> but like you're like, yeah, we're firefighters at this motherfucker. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys were just attending the uh, emergency, right? You're like, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you had to leave the ceremony. They're like, oh, I feel it. But why are you guys playing Xbox? You're like, don't, don't worry about it, man. They're like, dude, it was they had it under control. <laughs> you know, we just thought we'd hang out. Treat it. Yeah. That's that's crazy, Spencer. The back ends of a firefighter. Mm. So, like, that's one aspect of your life. <laughs> With everything that you've learned with that firefighting, how has it gone into your teachings now? Because what what do you teach specifically now? I teach kickboxing, and I'm a kickboxing instructor. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm a jiu-jitsu competitor myself. I haven't really... I mean, I've taken on the role of... I wouldn't consider being a teacher or anything. I feel like at that point... um, I mean, I just share the knowledge that I know, you know? I like to teach my friends, so if it, like, I have, like, you know, my friend Leo, he goes, mm-hmm. uh, jiu-jitsu with me, and I teach him, and... John John the photographer? Yeah, John John the photographer, and, uh, it's cool, because you get to see them learn from the start, because I started out as a wrestler, so I wrestled from middle school all the way up to a little after high school, but then, you know... After high school wrestling or college wrestling, if you don't plan on going to college or if you don't plan on going to the Olympics, there's no really uh, for wrestling. For wrestling, there's not yeah. much besides mm-hmm. going into MMA. And did, so, like, did firefighting impact your civilian life for fighting people and crime? Crime. <laughs> 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 um, it definitely built character. It you, you deal with you. I've dealt with a lot. You know, I've yeah. seen a lot of crazy shit in there too. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of dead bodies before, you know, I've had to, I've had to deal with that shit, taking, there's times when, like, uh, we deal with, like, planes a lot, or, you know, yeah, uh, taking people off planes, yeah, so we'll have to go on that plane if there's someone sick on there, and help them out, take them off or something, we do that, we do do that very often, but there was one time when this person, I don't know what happened, but they just died on the plane, they were yellow, they were Gross, yeah. yellow. Straight body yellow, yeah. Like and dead. we had to take their dead body off the plane, and their her head just rolled back, and we just saw her eyes. Is just everyone like, else there? They they excavated the plane. Oh no, that. everyone's still on the plane. They're like locked in. No one can leave the plane until we get these people off. Get in, yeah. yeah. 
So Dang, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like charred bodies and crazy shit like that. Like, yeah, there's one. There's a there's a situation when uh, you know what a Cessna plane is. A Cessna is a little it's like a small plane. Yeah, it's a little two seater yeah, yeah. plane. Mm-hmm. A little danger um, in the air. Yeah, it's like what you get your pilot license to ride. Yeah. And they crashed out front of our base, and they couldn't get out, and Damn. they burned alive. And there's nothing we could do. Did we you like run crash. over there and you seen them burning and they're just like? Yeah, you can't spray with the water. You'll kill them too. Damn. Whoa, yeah, because it's steam. Yeah, there's nothing you can do for them. You just literally have to just watch them die. And then they're just wow. kind of like, fuck, like there's <laughs> nothing they could do. Like, there's nothing you can do at them. Not yeah, even yeah. the mist. No, because when you're dealing with the. Uh, Plane fire is a little different. It's so contained. And there's yeah. chemicals. There's, there's a whole different setup operation. That The scenario I gave you, that's for inside of a building. Yeah. When you're dealing with a fire, it's a whole different setup. It's a whole different scenario. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole different thing. Uh, dealing with stuff like that. And then, I don't know, I've, met, I've done some cool stuff too. I met I met uh, former President Obama. Hell yeah. yeah. What the fuck, Spencer? Really? Yeah. You met Obama? I met him on a scene. It's a crazy story, Whoa. actually. Hey, we got the same birthday. Just shout, <laughs> shout out, out Obama. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Brock. Oh. <laughs> well, so in Colorado Springs, that's where the Air Force Academy is. Now, the Air Force Academy is another base. There's a lot of bases in Colorado. <clears throat> but it's one base where they hold... It's a college for Air Force people that want to get in. And they basically... I mean, it's pretty sweet. You go to college, and when you get out, you get to do exactly what you went to college for in the military. That's cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, that's really cool. So, yeah. Uh, they always have a special guest, and happened to be Obama. Uh, so the president came down to for the graduation, you know, and then they have the the Air Force Blue, the Blue Angels fly over for oh, the graduation yeah. and do their cool <laughs> little... Um, they do their whole thing. So... They did their show, but something happened with one of the Blue Angels to where this dude, I don't really know the whole story, something where he didn't check, he didn't, he didn't do all his proper checks right. And During mid-show? This is after show, so oh, okay. he's coming, so they're parked at our base, so our base is here, um, miles away is Air Force Academy over here. So they, they're parked at our base, and they fly over to go for the graduation, then they come back. Yeah. So they did the graduation, they fly back, this dude's running out of fuel. He runs out of fuel flying back, and he's like, I got to eject. So he ejects out, and then his plane crashes into an open field. He, he did it as smart as he could. Yeah, he, he dropped his plane into a an open field. They have, do, do they have a choice of where they can drop their plane? Or they're like, yo, this is going to Little Man? I mean, you know, it's, it's like, I mean, he's the pilot, you know. It's, I mean, where, but the thing you is... Just kite that shit in a little bit. The thing is, is whatever choices that pilot is going to make... Is about to be his responsibility. Yeah. So if he does, if he does good, then it's oh great, this pilot is great. If he fucks up, then it's, he's going to get deemed for it. Yeah, yeah he just yeah. killed like four houses. For real, like, that's how it's going to go down. He's either going to be a hero or he's going to be a villain for it. And then like because the they have to blame someone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he ran out of fuel. That's yeah. like rookie mistake. So, um, <laughs> but they didn't know that at the time. So. I guess, like, we responded on scene. One of our teams responded to the plane. We responded to the pilot. So the pilot was being uh, taken over to where we were for to medically evaluate him. And then our crew chief gets out, 
and then there's some like secret service over there all the secret service were hanging out that day we had a bunch of secret service vehicles inside our fire station they parked them in there and we got to look at all of them they're like you can look into it you can see all of it yeah so they parked it all at our fire station and we got to check it all out bulletproof tires and all kinds of crazy crazy ass shit they're like yeah you can take pictures you just can't take pictures of the inside Damn. Yeah. Not the inside. Damn, because they got some crazy shit in yeah. there. I'm pretty sure they got. And I've. I don't know if it's true. I, that's what they're saying that, that they have. Uh, it's not his exact blood, but they have your the president's blood type in there. Oh hell yeah! No, I've yeah. definitely heard that. Most definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Like his actual blood on deck. I don't know if it's his him, but his blood type. Oh, yeah, so oh, like if he's going down, they're like, yeah, yo, like get he's getting injected. killed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They got like doctors on scene ready to go, ready to freaking take his like... appendix out at any moment, you know? Yeah. But back to the, uh, the when we're on scene, so my crew chief gets out and he goes over and talks to the Secret Service real quick. And I'm a backseater at the time, so I'm hanging out. And then the crew chief comes back and he's like, yeah, he wants us to stay put. Uh, President Obama's going to come over and. Uh, uh, talked with the pilot and he's gonna like talk with us I guess and we're like okay we're just like alright that's crazy and then uh, the president yeah so like we're just waiting in the backseat I'm like oh my god the president's about to come <laughs> and then like next thing you know, well like, down though I'm on the I'm on the flight line so I'm on the the airstrip or whatever yeah. right and then like down the way I could see Air Force One parked right there it's big as fuck yeah huge and then couple uh, minutes later like 10 minutes or so later you just see a line of black vehicles just coming down and it's just Straight secret up. service just fuck. a bunch of cars coming down we're just like oh fuck president's in one of those cars he's in one of them yeah and then you just see like he gets out he got out casual as fuck tall as fuck he went over he like hey hello yeah hey, congratulated him and then like he came over to each one of us and he congrat- he like said, were they on you thank you like for when right. he shook your were they like no. secret service nothing cause no. you're military they're just like you protect him bro like what are yeah. you doing yeah <laughs> dang did he dude, look at you in your eye and shake you he's like hey, yeah he shook my hand and he said thank you for being ready damn yeah. Fucking Obama, dude. Does, what does Obama's handshake feel like? Is he dude, he has super soft hands. I Damn. knew it, dude. I <laughs> knew it. He has super soft hands. I he has the softest it. hands. Some presidential hands. Actually, <laughs> just, yeah. I just had a, a, you know, on Facebook where, like, your your statuses pop up from, like, years ago. Yeah. And it was, like, I mean, one just popped up and it was, like, it said, so I gotta say, the president has the softest hands in the world. Because <laughs> like, he has access to the best moisturizer. <laughs> <laughs> some presidential shit. Some presidential shit. Some ASAP, you know, like, ah. just like cooling. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually really fucking cool, though. I've always wanted to meet the president. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. I was in the tra- uh, yeah, I was in the transitional period of all of that. I was I was at the fire station when that election went down, and I lay in there, and I was like, "Wow, this is like, it's weird." He's like my boss. He's my boss in a yeah. weird way, because like in the fire station, you have it's like, like the ultimate boss. up in the up in the front offices, they have a um, like a little just like pictures of like the hierarchy, but it's like it's the president, secretary of the air force, secretary of defense. And, like, whatever going down. It's, like, those are the top guys, right? So it's Obama, this guy, this guy. And then, like, I watched the transition to where it was Donald Trump in my fire station. And I was just like, what the fuck, bro? Donald Trump's pictures in my fire station right now. Like, what? Straight up just, like, you're fired. For real. Like, that's the (laughs) crazy... That's when, like, I I don't know. When that whole thing went down, I'm like, damn, we really came to this point to where we have a reality star. 
And they, have you ever seen that movie Idiocracy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's where we're at. <laughs> You're gonna start putting Gatorade on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Some electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then after that four years, got out, and then I went back to what I knew what I what I knew what I liked. Purpose. Yeah. Before the military, even I, so I did. Like I was saying, I wrestled. After high school, I got into jujitsu. I actually learned jujitsu from. So I went to my gym that I'm at now, American Kickboxing Academy, and it was I was in su- I was super intimidated when I walked in there as a 19 or 18 year old kid. I walk in there and like I know that this like some of these guys are like one of some of the top athletes in the world. This is when Cain Velasquez, UFC, yeah. yeah, this is when Cain Velasquez was still champion. Uh, so they had him. They had Daniel Cormier was there. Khabib wasn't even there yet. Uh, so when I got still there, Russia. yeah, he was Paris. still a little Russian sambo wrestler. <laughs> and uh, but I got there and like I remember Joanna is working in front of this Hav, the owner's wife. Okay. And then, like I just walk in, I'm like, uh, like is uh, that Ernie Reyes? Who owns that? Gym? No, Javier Mendez. Javier Mendez. He's a kickboxing world champion. Got it. Super good dude. Great coach. He's, he's the head coach for all the top UFC fighters over there. Mm-hmm. And so, Joanna's working there. She's... I won't say anything bad about Joanna. Joanna's sweet. And, uh... She's, she can be wild, though. Like, there's a, there used to be a TV show on my gym called Fight Factory. And, uh... So there'd be camera crews. And it was all just this fake drama, bro. It wasn't fake. It was real drama, but it was like... This is drama. Exactly. Like, get more bad, exactly. Get more bad. Like, exactly. Damn. I'm like, what the fuck? Are people like hella acting out and shit? I didn't pay attention mostly to it. You're there to train. Yeah. Yeah. I just stayed away from all that. Not that the cameras would be on me anyways, yeah. but I just I stayed away from like all of that. You know, uh, I didn't want that to be like why I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went there. I actually started learning stand up first. I wanted to. I immediately I wanted to go into MMA. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, MMA, like, that'd be cool, yeah. you know? And, but then, so I went into it. I was learning kickboxing, Muay Thai, all that stuff first. And then I took, uh, who's now my coach, Ron Kessler's wrestling class. And then uh, this is when I first met him. So I was wrestling in the room, wrestling with all these dudes. And um, he was like, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. And that's when he was like, you should come into the jiu-jitsu room. And I never done jiu-jitsu. I never really thought about it. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll try it. took me a little while. finally got in there. And as a wrestler, wrestlers are always go, 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 like, attack, like, the most, do the most, really. And uh, jiu-jitsu is complete opposite. It's relax, stay calm, let them attack and counter everything, basically. Mm. Or, I mean, depends, but... It's uh, part of it, yeah. It's it's a it's a whole different game. You you can relax. You can think. You can you can really mess up a guy who's coming at you full force like that. Like yeah. I can I can close my eyes and just be relaxed when mm. I'm dealing with that kind of like thing. Neo, just like <gasps> in a weird way, <laughs> in a weird way, bro. Uh, and it, I mean, it, you, you won't get to that point right off the bat. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's taken but me it's years and years of training to get to that to where like. Um, so I started out, and then I, I was obviously, I was a wrestler, so all I knew was, like, smash, like, smash dudes. That's, that's oh, what I knew. Mm-hmm. And so as years went on, it took me years, because that's all I knew was how to wrestle. Yeah. If you're a wrestler, you're still a grappler, right? You're a grappler. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is just a different form of grappling. Yeah. That's the way I like to look at it is it's, it's submission wrestling. Mm-hmm. You're using the technique of wrestling, and you're applying it with chokes and submissions. Yeah. You know? Ground so, is everything. Yeah, I mean, you can ha- you can be the best stand-up fighter in the world, but I take you down in two seconds, then all your stand-up is gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
and a lot of stand-up fighters have been well, I just won't let you take me down. All right, fucking yeah, try to stop me. You know what I mean? But if all I know is taking you people down, then yeah, that try to stop me. Yeah. You know? Do you practice trying to stop people takedowns every single day? <laughs> because just... I practice on taking people down every yeah, single day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's wrong. And a lot of people have that chip on their shoulders where they can't like be humbled by that. Yeah. And that's a lot of things that I've learned through jujitsu is to really be humble, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I've learned that from. That's jujitsu and the military have taught me discipline. Yeah. Um, but jujitsu by far, especially when I was training out in Colorado. So I've had a few teams. So I started out at AK. They were my original team. Ron, Ron's the, who got me into it. Um, so I was training under him. But then I joined the military, so I had to leave. And I still wanted to pursue jujitsu. So I was out in Colorado and I was training with a team called Prime, and they were awesome. Actually. The way I heard about them was so random. It was just like some random like college kid that I was like seeing this chick for a little while. She's like, "Oh, my friend was like, Prime's good." I was like, "All right, I'll check him out." That sounds like a sick ass name. Too. Yeah, they're dope. They're yeah, and it was uh, Professor uh, Marcelo Garcia, and um, I'm sorry, Garcia, uh, Marcelo Mata, and he uh, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, like mm-hmm. a four-time world champion. I didn't know anything about this dude before I met him. But he was the most, like, nicest dude ever. A little guy. You know, he's a jiu-jitsu <laughs> for the little guys. And that's what mainly jiu-jitsu is. It's like, you can be the smallest dude, and you can take out the biggest dude. Yeah. You know? And But he was the nicest dude ever. He put together one of the most awesome teams I've ever seen. He had Adam Wheeler, who's an Olympian bronze medalist wrestler, mm-hmm. Greco-Roman wrestler. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt, and he's on the SWAT team there in Colorado Springs. He's 250 pounds of just solid Jesus muscle. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's just a fucking badass. He's an Olympian. And so he had him as his wrestling coach. And then you have the Olympic Training Center right there in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting talent coming in. Yeah, We've had Bobby Lashley team. come in, Dan Henderson. So, like, I got to experience at AKA all of some of the top UFC athletes from the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like Daniel Cormier and stuff like that. But then when I'm training out in Colorado, you get a whole different scene. You get all the people who live out in Colorado. Um, I actually had to go against the UFC. Well, this is in my youth. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is such a crazy thing. This is another thing I want to think about of how far I've come with jiu-jitsu and how far I've come with just grappling in general. Is Back in Colorado, when I was still pretty new, it was like I had a tournament uh, up in Denver, and I don't... Uh, my old wrestling coach always taught me, and you never look at the brackets. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You're going to face whoever you're going to face. Don't let it psych you out. And but in jiu-jitsu tournaments, I had to look at my bracket to see what mat I'm on. So I went to the I went up to the bracket. I don't give a fuck who I was going against. I just wanted to see what mat I was going against. So I go to this tournament and I'm going up to my paper. And these two little kids are walking around. And these two little kids come up to me and they go, "What paper are you on?" I'm like, "I'm right here." And they go, "Oh, you're going against Brian Foster. He's a UFC fighter. Are you good enough to beat him?" And I go, "Well, I guess I'll find out." Huh? <laughs> and I was like, "Great, awesome." So I got a fucking UFC fighter for my first match this guy Brian Foster first of all I'm like why is this guy in a jiu-jitsu tournament a intermediate jiu-jitsu tournament uh, and he lives out in Colorado but um, is he raw I mean with that name Brian Foster he was born for greatness (laughs) well I mean he's good he's good to the sense where like you're in the UFC you're one of the top 500 fighters in the world you should be able to handle yourself at a blue belt division jiu jitsu (laughs) tournament you know what I'm saying I was like really sandbagging so you want to call yourself good yeah you're good in that tournament as an intermediate blue belt jiu jitsu guy but does that look good yeah 
Yeah. And then, like, so when I got back to AKA, I trained with um, a lot of UFC fighters or former UFC fighters. I trained with John Finch. He's a former UFC. He fights in Bellator now. And he's an, he's an old school fighter, but he still fights to this day. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I'm not super close with John or anything, but I've rolled jiu-jitsu with him several times. Dang. And I, uh, I tell him, I, didn't, I had no idea this happened, by the way, and I was like, I was just like kind of just trying to name drop people in front of him, and I was just like, yeah, when I was living out in Colorado, I went out against this one guy, Brian Foster, and then John Finch goes, oh yeah, I just fought that dude. So <laughs> it's like, why am I going against fools that UFC legends are going against? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But then now, like what I was saying earlier, is like I've gotten to the point in my training to where I'm just as good as these guys now. Yeah. Like I'm in this room and I'm training UFC fighters, at least just in the grappling and jiu-jitsu aspect, mm-hmm. not in any stand-up case but like when it comes to the ground game i will fuck them up Damn. you know what i mean like at least not all of them i'm not saying i'm the best in the world or anything like that i'm just saying like you get a lot of knuckleheads coming into aka you got a lot of guys coming in there to prove themselves you got a lot of guys coming in who just want to i just want to be the best you know and that's when you guys you got to kind of sit back and say like humble yourself learn from everything uh I'm constantly learning, even if it's from someone uh, lower belt than I am. I'm, I'm learning from them by teaching them, right? Mm-hmm. Saying it out loud is helping me. Teaching a guy who's brand new is teaching me to to go through everything, every single uh, step of a position, step by step. So I'm not missing perfectly. Exactly, I'm not missing any technique because I got to teach it to this guy perfect so he does it right. Yeah. So you're going through that, teaching people. Um, belts don't, I mean, belts obviously mean your rank, but you never determine someone based off their belt or anything like that. Exactly. You just, people are people. A belt just holds up your pants, you know? (laughs) (laughs) In the reality. Yeah, for real. I mean, that's the way you got to look at it is like, that's just another human being in front of me. Are you wearing a gi as well, or is that different? Yeah, so in traditional Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you wear a gi. Mm-hmm. And what the gi is used for is for sport. So you can choke people out with their collars or their yeah, gi. Yeah, pull you can, their sleeves. Yeah, in. you use their, your, their, own, their gi as, as your weapon, your grips. It's where you find your grips. And then you have, so that's one form of jiu-jitsu is gi. And then you have the other side, which a lot of wrestlers and UFC fighters like to go to, which is called no gi. It means it's basically more athleticism in that aspect because you can be a wrestler and I can I can be the best wrestler in the world take your ass down and just handle you I don't have to know any jiu-jitsu I just gotta know I gotta control you mm-hmm. you know what I mean and you can win and that's one I mean that's one way to do it that's uh, people world, world champions are made off that mm-hmm. just having that skill and that's just the level of uh, athleticism and technique that you need at that point and that's the that's what I've started transitioning to in my training is before it was like, I just want to submit everyone in this room. I want to, I want to just choke things. Cause that's, I mean, I don't know why, right? I, I just walked into this room <laughs> and like, that, it's fun, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, man. it's fun at first. And then as the years go on, you start realizing like, dude, I know I can do that. I know I can choke everyone in this room. Not that, not, not in a bragging sense, but in a training sense, you're like, you're like, it doesn't mean anything that you're choking. You're not learning anything new. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying from the beginning. You're just hurting someone else. Not, not even that. You're not hurting them, but it's the thing is, is like, you know, like, if they're lower belts or higher belts, doesn't matter. 
if you're if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're still at that stuck curve. You you think you've learned everything, mm-hmm. so you're only going over the things you know. You're not learning anymore at that point. So when you go in, so now when I go into training, I'll, I'll put myself in scenarios. I'll be like, you know what? Why don't you start by taking my back? So now I have to get out of this situation to where you're already in a dominant position. So if someone has my back, they're behind me trying to choke me or something. So I'll put them, I'll give them that advantage, and I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to work out of here. Or a certain situation to where I'm in a triangle mount, which is when someone gets to the position where they're sitting on top of me, which is a mount. If they're in mount, it means they're in, that's a very bad position to be in if you're (laughs) on bottom. You don't want to be in mount, especially a triangle mount. A triangle mount is when they have your arm thrown over. Basically, you're about to get triangle. Like, it's not looking good for you. Mm -hmm. So um, I would train that, and I would... I, I did that, uh, I would tell people, put, so why don't you go to mount, go to triangle mount, and then you either try to finish me, or I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get out of this, right? And I would train that, and do that, and just so happened that I got put in that situation in a tournament. I have video of that, of me in a triangle mount, and I got out of it somehow, and then I ended up submitting the other guy. Damn, there you go. Yeah, so it's like, you gotta train, you gotta train based off scenarios. You gotta train like you're down you gotta train like you're losing and every win that you have I think you should always have the mentality as almost that you lost it's like alright I won but it's like what could I do better what did I do wrong in that thing what did I do to improve on if you're not constantly learning from uh, any scenario then you're already falling behind you know what I mean what's beautiful about that is the through line that you created within putting yourself in the worst case scenario in jujitsu and with firefighting when you talked about swapping your tanks and holding your breath yeah to that last second you know you're training for the absolute the worst. worst yes yeah yeah and that's yeah. how you get to your best that's how you bring yourself down to a a primal sense to where you are only you and there's no other enhancement that can save you at this moment mm. And it's just what you know in that situation. And as I'm growing older, that's what I'm learning as well. Is like before, um, I always wanted to find, not like steroids or anything, but enhancements that help me, like pre-workout. I always thought like, oh, I need pre-workout to get amped up for my workouts and stuff. And then as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, dude, like, what if you take away all that stuff? And what if, as humans, we were meant to feel... We were meant to feel that um, that hurt, that struggle. What if we felt that struggle, and you're supposed to adapt to it? Your mm-hmm. body is supposed to learn. Your body's supposed Hell to yeah. figure it out. Well, if you keep giving your body these stimulants or these items to help you Short get thoughts. through it, you'll never feel that that struggle. You'll never feel it in a tournament to where I'm in practice and I'm getting my fucking ass beat every second. People are grueling you, but only to make you better. And say you've had some of the worst days of your life on that mat to where, like, you've broken, but you have to keep going. To where, like, your teammates have broken you down to where they're pushing you and just tears are coming out and you got to keep fucking going. And so when you get onto that mat, when it's time to perform, you, you can get down to a part where the only thing that's left between you and that other person is heart. And that's what happened to me in my last tournament is my last tournament is one of the one of the hardest tournaments I've ever had to, to compete at and I went against this one kid who oh, that's another thing I want to say about jujitsu is age does not fucking matter <laughs> dude you will get your ass beat by a 15 year old there are some 15 year old prodigies that have whooped my ass and I'm not afraid to say it. like so like yeah dude you can be the youngest kid 
Dang. Ever and whoop some fucking ass. So it's, it's not just, about being the biggest guy. It's not. It's not. It's all about technique. And, um, but yeah, like what I was saying, I was in that tournament and this kid, he was really good. I guess he, my coach didn't tell me before the match, but he's like, that kid wins all the tournaments. And, um, so I went in that, that match and he was probably one of the toughest matches I've ever had to go against. We went the entire six minutes because it's a six minute match. There's no breaks or anything. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that last minute, I had no energy in my body left to where I was just like an empty vessel. (laughs) But I know that like, I'm, I'm digging at this kid. Like I'm, I'm grueling him. Right. Like, but I have no feeling left. And I was like, I know I can't show weakness right now. Otherwise, he's going to see and he's going to make a move on it. Yep. So I just kept grueling forward, but I had there's nothing left in me. It's just heart mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. And I'm just pushing to try to keep him down. And you can hear him, because he's gassed too. Yeah. You know, we both went to war right there. And you could just hear him go, like, like he's just squealing. He's squealing, and at that point, I'm like, I know I just broke you. Like, this is... The, the, the scenario I put myself in is we are fighting to the death... And we both just expelled all of our energy. But as fucked up as it sounds, like, you're going to die, and I'm going to survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he broke first just as you're gonna... you thought he was looking for weakness within you. You exactly. saw weakness within him. And I was like, I can't show it right at this moment, but I was like, I'm going to beat you, and there's nothing that you're going to do to stop Because you me. know that he was tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and you could see him pushing. He threw... He was still going. Like, don't get me wrong. That kid had heart, yeah. too, but I just had more, you know? You're like, you're like, you're like not today. <laughs> not, so. Yeah, it, for real. And that's what it came How down to. How did you end up pinning him? So it's not pin. It's uh, in, in jiu-jitsu. It's, you either get submission or you can win off points. Mm-hmm. And I beat him by five points. So I, I beat him 5-0. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The kid was really good. Mm-hmm. He was only 18. He's really good. He's going to be really good when he gets older, too. Yeah. And I'll probably be seeing him again. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. So. I like another match mm-hmm. coming up. Because well, I remember I've been to a couple of them. Yeah, you see the same guys. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, I remember that fool when he was hella sweaty. He's like hella ready for right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're always like hella blissed and like just calm and super zenned out. And they're yeah. like, they're hella crazy sometimes. Jiu-Jitsu can be whatever you want it to be, which is a cool thing. You can, if you want it to be a sport... You can be yeah. a sport. If you want it to be something leisure to take your mind off stress reliever, you can make it that too. Yeah. You can, though, so like when I was training John John, mm-hmm. um, when you teach someone, there's not, it's not really physically demanding. You, there's not a lot of like, I'm not like, all right, you got to do this, this, this. Let's go. Like, do it. Like, drill it quick. Yeah. It's like me just with John John, I'm like, all right, this is the technique. You go through here. This is the step. You want to go through this. And his, the workout is your bite. The workout is thinking of every single step that you have to go to, putting your foot on the hip, changing levels, changing your angles, oh, yeah. angling out, where to pressure down. <laughs> the The workout is trying to remember everything, and you just see someone, like, sweating. And it's, it's just, like, automotive. And you want to learn. Things. You're, like, you're just like, fuck, I need, I need to figure all this stuff out. I need yeah. to put it together. I need to drill it. I need to make it perfect. And, I mean, and that's, execute, that's like, the fun part of it is yeah. because that's such a stress relief because you're getting a great, it's a great workout in itself just doing that. Yeah. You'll get a workout and you won't even really realize it. You yeah. know what I mean? You won't realize it till you're, you're till you're sweating. You're like, yeah. oh shit, this is work. It's so focused. Yeah. It's like a meditation. But it's fun. It's like something you want to do. It's not like, you know, go run five miles. Yeah. For, for someone who doesn't want to run, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, then that, that, I like how we started with, 
your purpose and through the podcast like it sounds like your purpose is like really teaching people like little shortcuts and like little areas of life to like you know learn through and not to like stop learning you know Mm -hmm. because from what you're saying like once you find that spot where you're like yo I know a lot of shit then it's like yo you still need to know a lot more like triple what you know know? and And that's the thing is that's why I don't I I shut my mind off to 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 know it alls you know, mm-hmm. I work with a know-it-all, and I won't name drop anyone or anything, but it's just like, there's people that I know, it's like, dude, you can't even have a conversation with this guy, because every time you try to say something, it's always, like, oh, I know, I know, yeah. oh, I got that, I already know it, I already know, yeah. and it's like, dude, if you already know, then it's like, like, why are you asking? Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's not, not even that, it's just like, bro, I can't have a conversation with you, because apparently you fucking know everything, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, if there's nothing I can give to you, then I'm just not going to talk to you. And I can't stand dudes like that, bro. Yeah. I called him out on it yesterday, too. When I, did, I was like, uh, uh, he was going to teach a class. And um, I was like, uh, we had some, like, first-day fighters. This is for kickboxing. And we have first-day fighters. And, like, he's going to teach class. So I was like, he's like, the way he introduced himself to the class, he's like, oh, you guys already know who I am. Fuck. You already know who I am, right? So, like, <laughs> and, then, and then I go, oh, our first-day fighters don't know who you are. And he goes, oh, they know. And I go. I turned to the first day, dude. I was like, hey, what's his name? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, no idea. I was like, yeah, you should probably stop doing that. <laughs> Damn, dude. For real. Humbled. Dude, for Humbled real. Him. Like, you need to stop doing that. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, like, this shit just irritates me. Stop. Anyone learning. who knows everything, I'm like, you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to learn anything from you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's for someone who thinks they know everything. I don't want to learn from that person. And it's hard to teach them something, too. Because yeah. they already... Oh, yeah, They're you like, can. I already know it this way. Is there another way? And you're like, well, I mean, yeah, but this is the best Or if they're doing something wrong and you're trying to teach them the right way, they're like, oh, I know. I know how to do it. Well, no, you don't, because I'm here to teach you how to do it right. And you're not mm-hmm. fixing it, actually. Yeah. Like, oh, I know, I know. Just, you're like, but you don't, obviously. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but I, I like what you said in the middle of the podcast. You said the moment you stop... Uh, the moment you think you know it all is the moment you become the most ignorant. Yeah. Or something to that extent. And that's, yeah. like, truly, like, so applicable to everything yeah, in life. Yeah, anything. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't think, like, you have to learn from the traditional school standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, this, honestly, that's boring as shit to me. <coughs> I don't want to sit in a classroom and learn about it. I don't know. Like, history is cool. I love learning about history. But I don't want to have to sit in a classroom for X amount of hours, take all these tests on it. I was like, dude... I'm just gonna go on YouTube, learn yeah. real quick, bro. The fun yeah. way to learn it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds like hands the practical on. application. Yeah. Exactly, the hands yeah. on. Exactly. I was like, if I wanna know about that, I'm gonna go learn about it real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanna sit through all this shit. I don't wanna write papers for you that you're gonna throw out in a couple of days. And do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this has been a fire podcast, I would say. <laughs> How long are you holding that in, like, since the beginning? <laughs> You're just like, Damn. I wanted to open with it, but I was like, you know, I'm going to save this one for last. I love the honesty, though. But we can't just end it like that, though. Oh, yeah, of course <laughs> There's not. no of way. Of course not. We do have a special segment we like to save just to bring the heat on the last moment. If yes. <laughs> You know what I mean? I love it. We, uh, love we, it. we offer the question funny. of the day for the guest to offer a question of the day to the next upcoming pa- cast and also interview. Yeah. So what, what would you want to bring to the uh, table as far as the question of the day? And it doesn't have to relate to anything we spoke about. It could be like why they drink water or something. Yeah, like how right. tall do you think Just I Just your have? question of the day. Question <laughs> Damn, of the day. I have to come up with this right now? Yeah, yeah. but we always All like right. someone yeah. with some juice, you know? Yeah. Some ripe. So let it soak. 
Yeah, let me let me let me think about yeah, it for a couple minutes. We got music. We'll throw oh, yeah. in like right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, question. I definitely have to ask one question. The um. That's <laughs> on the spot. That's a question. So. Exactly. It really but it makes it so raw too. Yeah. Well, because I want to make it good, you know. I want to just some bullshit ass question. True. Uh, yeah. Okay, this is all music. Maybe. No, definitely. Yeah. If probably. Anything, I'm throwing in a remix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just like an acapella of Spencer singing, like. <laughs> All right. If there is a, there's one thing from your past that, um, that you could change, positive, to impact only your life though. I mean, yeah, you know, don't take any like Back to the Future type shit yeah. from it, but like one thing that you could change. Um, basically to make your life better as it is now. Like, for instance, could you imagine if you had the not, like, your brain in your, in your ten-year-old's body? No, dude, I think about that all the time, though. Dude, you'd, <laughs> you'd school everyone in school, like, bro. Yeah, but people would fucking hate you because you'd be a no-one. You'd be so smart, bro. Yeah, true. No one would teach me anything. I'd be like, dude, you already know who it is. <laughs> but like, could you imagine school. going through school and just acing school? Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I'd be Mr. Know-it-all. I'd be like, you'd you guys know nothing. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Harvard in ten yeah, years, bro. Exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what I want to be in life right now. Like, what are you just guys like, want? yo, I'm ten. I was trying to play. You could cat. start training for whatever you want. Like, you could start backing at ten, yeah, and you realize the significance of it. Yeah, hey, but that would be raw though, because that's how like athletes really are born. You know? Yeah. So exactly, yeah, dude. Everyone that's ever been great, especially our circle, has had that same mindset. So that would like to to answer my own question of the day. It would be like I would wanted to learn grappling at a younger age to be even better than I am now. So you just you just answered your question of the day. Yeah. Okay. But we'll leave it for the next interviewee, whoever they are, because I don't know. (sighs) Well, that was wonderful, and what a wonderful question to end this on. Black listeners, Spencer, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks really for having me. Such a pleasure, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Very guys, eclectic guy. We, we also look forward to you know hearing any feedback from any previous episodes. Any question of the days that you'd like to answer? <laughs> leave Go them ahead in the answer. comments. Drop them down. You know, black and yellow on the new mic. Get churned. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what it is.